All right. Uh, Nick, can you can you try turning it again? Turn it over? Turning what over? The en- Can you turn the key, like, in the engine, see if we can get it to start again? Oh, yeah, sure. In the, in the ignition. I, I'm totally on top of this. <laughs> All right, let me give it a shot. Yeah, dude, nothing's happening. Yeah, shit. Um... Do you know anything about cars? No, man. I went to film school. I don't know the first thing about cars. <sighs> Fuck. Is this a car? We're in a van. It's not even like, do they operate okay, the you, same way? All right. You know what I mean. Okay. Come on. Uh, I don't know. Is there? Did you see any signs for like anything around here? Like how far we were from like a gas station even or anything like that? Dude, I don't. I have a AAA card. Should we just call? That's like the best. Let's just call. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, let me grab my phone. I have no reception, though. We should be like... Fuck. Yeah. Me either. Um, Sweet, dude. Let's uh, start walking. This is a fucking awesome trip. I mean, it's a fucking desert. Where the hell are we supposed to walk to? I mean, do you see anything? Like, I'm just fucking blinded by the sun over here. Dude, this is going to be how we die. I mean, I'm the biggest. You should just eat me. I mean, you'll be able to sustain yourself much faster on me than I will on you. I mean... I don't know, man. Let's just... Uh, just walk into the just desert make a deal. We'll eat each other, and um, and then we'll we'll feed the vultures. Oh, shit. What's that, man? Oh, yeah. Something's reflecting the sun over there. Something's, the mirage. something's shining. Yeah. Well, fuck it, man. I mean, we can just take our chances and head to the mirage, or... Just wait here. What do you want to do? Waiting here to die with you is appealing, but I mean, what if there's like other people to die with there? That's a good point. Yeah, let's right. check it out. Let's do it. Dan. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Dan. Uh, Listen. What? I'm twice the size of you, okay? So I get not, two beers for every one I'm that you drink. not mopping again. I did it twice already. If you throw up, you mop. You told me to chug the beer, dude. You bet me. Doesn't count. I, I lost because I didn't keep it down. But you know what? I'm I kind of agree with that logic because I knew you were fucked up, and I still told that, you. Okay, to I came it, to so. work drunk once. Okay, but for the back to back to accounting what? here, though. Okay, I noticed that we're drinking the same amount of beers. Yeah. Um, Bathroom beers, best beers. All right, where's Crom? Because uh, he's. Drinking I walked more by the porno is. room. He's gone. He's gone full aviator again, dude. Full you can on. come in with the milk. Oh, God damn you can it. come in with the milk. You can Fuck. come in with the milk. I gave him. I gave him a bag of chips, and he's like, "It has to be like a forty-five degree angle." He will hold the bag. Oh at 45 all right, hold on. Angle. There it is. Come back. So I can reach Let's go to the front. Hold on. We need to regroup and get his medicine. All right. Let's go to the front. The bag. Last time Let's I just loaded front. him up on sour skittles. Uh, not, hello. Can you guys Holy help us? Holy shit! Hey, hey! I, I locked hi. the door. Hey, you can. We know them. Hey, did you guys bring those movies back? This place is really familiar. Yeah. yeah, you guys been here before. Holy oh, shit. Wow. They survived. Uh I would love to um uh to catch up, but we really we have a medical emergency actually. Oh shit. Hey. Yeah, do you hear the uh the Howard yeah, Hughes? Grab thing those skittles yeah. over there, dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we need to give we get need our buddy's uh blood sugar back up. So Put on Dr. we're gonna Chicago. I don't oh, even have that. Movie. All right, this 
Yeah. You can come in okay. with the milk. <laughs> you guys have a lot of puppet All right. movies. It's Nick and Brantley, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Nick, could Nick, could you grab those Skittles? All right. Sure. Brantley, uh, can you get like a Reese's peanut butter cup or something? Yeah. We need sure to like thing. cork his mouth after we load it with the you Skittles. Oh, for okay. him. At a 45 degree angle. Okay. He's, so he's, he's facing the corner. All right. He's Blair Witching in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run in. Dan and I are going to tackle him. Can you guys just hold him down? Help us do. out here. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy. He doesn't bite hard. Okay. Can, yeah, can I use your it's phone? After? Like a, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we okay. Well, bottles. well, the phone won't, the phone won't be back on until oh, the morning. Man. How long has he oh, been? Fuck. That makes sense. Let's yeah. Let's word of this. caution. All right. Word of caution, what, guys. You, you He's help. been growing his fingernails for weeks, so they're sharp. So watch out. Yeah. Brantley. Okay. Let's do it, man. All right. You come in with the milk. All right, Crod, go get him. Get away from my piss bottle. Christ, he's strong. He's strong, greasy. All right, all right, all right. I got him. I think I got him. All right, he's down. He's down. He's down. Holy shit! Oh fuck! He cut my arm. We got band aids. Okay. How long has he been in There's here? A... Uh, two minutes. Oh wow. Yeah, not long at all. It just it happens. Shut up. He's come on fast. Huh? Many times. Uh, yeah. Uh. You guys feel like watching a movie? <laughs> yeah, dude, put it on because this is gonna take like seven sure. hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm gonna be stuck in the sleeper hold position for. Hold a while. me at a 45 degree angle. Shut up. <laughs> this week on Five Day Rentals, Eve of Destruction. to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast where each week one of us takes a crack at picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre specific category. I am Bones, the head honcho of this brand new spanking category that we call Software Upgrade, parentheses, Microsoft, more like Micro Hard to Kill. Uh, That's right, we're talking killer robots, killer AI, you know, Skynet type shit, but no Terminator 1 and 2, no RoboCop 1 and 2. Sorry. Those are all my movies. I'm joined, as always, by my two um, big O testicles. What a... Dan and Cron Howard, how are you? Doing oh, left testicle checking no, in. No, I wanted the dude. left. No, too bad, dude. You didn't all see right. it. Right right testicle, but hey, there's a lump. <laughs> oh, you're fucked, dude. That will get you more attention. Good Thanks, job, man. Dan. This is a uh, special category, gentlemen. I was getting all of the dick and ball jokes out of the way early. Because this thing this thing just got classy. It, it's double dose classy. Watch me fuck up this intro, guys. This is going to be terrible. A few weeks ago, we were invited on a very special podcast for a giant two-part 80s horror mega draft hosted by two of the sweetest guys in podcasting. And we thought, damn, before they rub that sweetness off on us, we should add a little salt in their wounds. They have committed to an entire category with us. We'll see. They might fucking call in sick next week. 
I get it. But shall I, I introduce Brantley and Nick from the Horror Drafts Podcast? Guys, how are you? Good, man. Doing Thanks great. so much for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And what a, what a kind intro. Excited. That was super I, nice. I try. Okay. You guys really are just super sweet. I will say well, that the, the little podcast support system that we've got, I really do enjoy. Yeah. I, f- I feel like if we stare at each other for four hours at a time, we're verging on best friends, right? I'd say oh. so. Because, yeah. I didn't want to be so bold, but you said it first, so. Mm-hmm. I've never, lo- I haven't looked at my father this much in the eye. You should. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> thank you, therapist. Yeah, you got to study your father's eyes, dude. Yeah, you got to know when he's going to kill you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always be prepared. <laughs> it's either you or him, dude, I mean. Mm-mm. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be from behind. <clears throat> Like, he'll be trying to sneak up on me, so eyes are useless. It's more like smell and I've sound. I FaceTimed uh, my mom and dad today, and my dad doesn't tell me that he loves me unless he's out of state lines. So I specifically said today, all right, love you, because he answered the phone, and he hung it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, didn't get one. So, fuck. Uh, the only time my father told me he loved me was when he came back from Iraq. Uh, Brantley and Nick... If you guys had to lose one of your senses, which would it be? Wow. Yeah, that's not wow. prepared for that. Test. I was not prepared at all for that. Um, you know, I was I was immediately going to say smell, but then I'm like, but that has so much to do with taste. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like you're really messing up like your enjoyment of eating if you lose your sense of smell. Yeah, that's like a that's a twofer. I wouldn't. Yeah. If I had to pick, I would get rid of my sixth sense. I could do without seeing mm. ghosts for a bit, and I would keep the others. Excellent. Good call. That might be the best answer to this question. Yeah. If I it's had a sixth sense. for the rest of us to answer. Yeah. It's right. honestly been <clears throat> kind of a drag. It's been weighing on me, and I would be happy to get rid of it. Good point. If I had a sixth sense, I'd get rid of it, but I, since I don't, I'm just going to do hearing. Uh, dude, you can have mine, and if I ever want it back someday, I know who has it and where to find it. Doesn't he, go. like, uh, walk into his elementary school? Sisterhood of the Traveling Sixth Sense. Yeah, they're, like, people hanging and stuff. Yeah, but they're, yeah. like, colonial people. Dude, what? if I could count on both hands the number of times I've seen people hanging in my elementary school. What a story that land must have that... <laughs> I know. It had colonial like hangings. or something? It's Philadelphia. Or that the idea? Yeah. Like That's it true. Like that a courthouse or something? If it was going to happen gallows. anywhere... Most historical like city. In a row. Oh, don't. <clears throat> We've been talking. Yeah. Karan's next category would be M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Horror Drafts podcast? Please. Oh, please. Sure. Thank you guys so much. Uh, well, the Horror Drafts podcast is a podcast where uh, Nick and I uh, bring on a guest uh, almost every episode. We did one, just the two of us. Uh, but And then we uh, ask them to pick a topic in the world of horror, and then we draft that. Uh, it's fun, usually pretty dumb. Uh, we like bringing on people who are pretty smart and intelligent and make them look good. And Nick and I, well, I don't want to speak for make myself look pretty dumb. I feel really dumb talking about stuff compared to some of our fantastic oh, guests like dumb. you. Every episode, yeah, same, same here, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just, it's a, uh, it's a blast, you know, it's just a, a fun thing to do, and uh, yeah, that's what we do. We had a great podcast with you gentlemen doing the uh, '80s horror mega draft. Uh, we've had uh, screenwriter Matthew Chernov was on. Uh, he drafted eco horror with us. Um, we've drafted horror comedies. We've drafted franchises like Friday the Thirteenth. Um, it's a lot of fun. 
Do you guys have a copy of Shark Swarm? Where can I, I, do. I watch this thing? Okay. Oh, I bought it from um, a used media. Like, there's a small chain of used media stores up here in New England called Bull Moose. So I got mine from them. Um, okay. They, it was put out on DVD, so you you can watch it. Um, okay. And it was a great episode with him. He was oh. super knowledgeable and polite, and it was. Oh, he yeah. was so much. Yeah, he was yeah. so nice of him to do that. I, Not yeah. to keep kissing your guys' ass, but your show has definitely become like when it. When I get the notification that it's live, I, I'm, I'm queuing it up. Oh, that's because so the three the three of us are instantly going to start talking like, "Oh, we got to watch this movie." Blah blah blah. Ever since we've been on, so oh, oh that's great. That's great. The sweetest. Thank you I so much. Recommend Thanks. people check it out. I mean, no, that's so uh, kind. Nick. Because of you, I watched uh, Ghost Story a few weeks ago. Oh, did you? Well, and and yeah, I. Well, you know what? You you still invited us on the podcast, so it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> no, no, I. That that stair sequence was pretty good, man. That poor guy had the fucking worst luck, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still got to watch the innocence, though. You guys keep like it's like this thing that comes that, up a lot. A nugget in like every yep. show, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I, I hey, I watched Amsterdam thanks to uh, your guys' yeah. appearance wow. on our pod, and we had a list of Ant. others, and I have a whole list of others. Yeah, so what do you think? I'm fantastic. <laughs> fucking wild yeah absolutely wild uh i feel like uh i have like a whole thing on tubi now my my list is just like recommendations from you and other people who have come on our podcast for movies we should watch so it's great we gotta get a tubi sponsorship man Mm -hmm. (laughs) they couldn't handle us just dan's mug right on that home screen gorgeous man look at this recommended for you Amsterdam dance picks for fans of right testicles yeah <laughs> with lumps with lumps. seriously guys if you do exactly. have lumps yes. on your testicles audience please go get that checked out uh that's very yeah. serious no matter your age mm-hmm. i mean if you feel lumps anywhere on your body you should probably have them get checked out um that's true mm-hmm. not just dudes not just people with testicles you know that's true yeah just as whoever's around yeah Hey, ch- check this for me. Grab them lumps, people. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, if you got any kind of weird Cronenberg growth on your body, get it checked immediately. <laughs> Did you guys uh, ever get a chance to see uh, Crimes of the Future? Not yet. No. Okay, so it's on. It's anything. on. Uh, it's on demand now. In fact, oh, I think it is. the day okay. you guys recorded, I was like checking, and it was like, oh, Crimes of the Future is on demand now. It was like the day you were recording. I almost texted you, Brantley, and said, like, we should quickly. But um, no, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Yeah, that's okay. I would much rather talk this movie with you guys. Gotcha. Yeah, well, hey, speaking of this movie. Oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, 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 th- you were very kind to say that you were very excited every time a horror drafts episode comes out. I'm very excited every time a five-day rentals pod comes out. And it actually bums me out. No, it doesn't bum me out because they're great episodes. But when you do new episodes that I haven't seen yet, I can only listen up to a certain point. Yeah. And then I have to stop point. so it doesn't ruin anything <laughs> until I, I can watch the new movie. <laughs> that's all. Yes. Yeah, I listened we, to Crimes of the Future up until there was like any deal. But I was actually very interested in the banter about which Cronenberg movies everyone was like fans of and which ones you were not fans of. Cronenberg's yeah, pretty yeah. divisive, so I feel like oh, I, always good to hear people talk about that. I finally watched Crash in between our Crimes of the Future and Now, so it was a I've never weird seen movie. <laughs> <laughs> it made me uncomfortable and confused at times. Horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I crashed my car today. 
Yeah. Ran off the road to just to get a boner today. So <laughs> going down that uh, Cronenberg road, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you made it into work. <laughs> oh, I ran off the road on the way to work. But, but please put that. I ain't trying away. to go to work, dude. I mean, I can't go to work now. I'm hard as a rock. Yeah, I'd rather do it on the way in than the way out of work. That's a medical condition, right? They can't ask you about that. HIPAA, dude. They, they, <laughs> what do you just say? You're sick? Hey, is that true? I had to go on FMLA because I had a persistent Hey, boner. call OSHA, dude. I'm allowed to get boners in, at work, all right? I'm working today. This is a base factory. <laughs> is it only pre-existing conditions? I mean, if you got a boner while at work, can they ask you about that? Versus if you walked through the door with a boner. I mean, where's the line I think, drawn? I think it's your activity with the boner. <laughs> uh, I think if you're humble and 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 cautious about it, you know there is a certain line. Your activity. I'm very humble about boner. my boner. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. When we were on your show, uh, Brantley, you were kind enough to just pitch some category ideas to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in your list, you hit one of mine dead on. Mm. Uh, you call it software upgrade, mm-hmm. which is a much cleaner title than my Microsoft, more like micro hard to kill. But I do find that more amusing, so, I'll be honest. Yeah. It's a good one. That was uh, it was a difficult pun to come up with because I had this movie first and was trying to figure out how to, you know, build a category around it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it, I promise you it was a lucky, it was pure luck that the role ended on that one and we knew you guys were agreeing to come on so worked out perfect serendipitous yeah uh i say we get into it let's do it because this movie once it gets rolling baby it's like that train in the station the, the what train a, that, what a very confusing the train that comes into a station and scares the hell out of all of us yes. no, he was referencing another aerosmith song train keep rolling Shit. Now, which right. one were you referencing? Train Keep Rolling by Aerosmith or Train Coming Into Station, uh, Silent uh, the, Film? The third option, the train in the opening credits of this movie. The Bart, or whatever they call it. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the Bart. Right. We are talking 1991's Eve of Destruction. Has anybody seen this bad boy before? Has anybody even heard no. of this thing? Um, I think just from years working in the video store, I had like seen the VHS cover or something previously, but that was it. Knew nothing about it and had never seen it. Nick? No, this is, um, never heard of it. This is, um, I went in completely blind. No, these other two haven't. Have you, are you, how familiar are you guys with Gregory Hines? I'd seen him in the tick code a long time ago. Um, yeah, and that was the extent of my, yeah, yeah. I know of him. Uh, he was like a tap dancer, right? Isn't that? Like yeah, it? I yeah. know him more as like a song and dance man. Yeah. He popped up. I think his first movie was like a Mel Brooks movie, oh. History of the World Part One. I th- yeah, oh, I think he okay. replaced Pryor when Pryor had his like fire accident. Mm. That kind of got him his start. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I know God. of him, but I, somebody lit yeah. themselves on fire with a crack pipe. Hey, there's a I got a career. There's a line from that crack pipe incident to us being able to watch <laughs> Eve of Destruction. Well, he wasn't the first choice, I'll tell you that much. No. Mm. 
Ooh, interesting. Somebody did some yeah, research. <laughs> All right. Any initial thoughts before we jump into this? Uh, Bones, you did me proud here. I've never seen it, so I always love that uh, on on our show. Okay. So mm-hmm. thanks. Great for you. Terrible for our audience. Well, I'll be I'll be very interested, Bones, to see your score because I mean, not to jump ahead, but this has a little bit of a raising cane vibe to it, and. You're not I was thinking... Very first note I have here is very De Palma opening. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a little more of a Lady Terminator. Hmm. So. It's that perfect middle ground between the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in this. Guys, you know the drill. You cut me off. You jump in whenever you want. We start getting slow. I'll speed her up. But by all means, there's something you want to talk about. Hop in. All right, we open on this very De Palma opening, like I said. We're in, we get this, like, starts static and then starts to open up, starts to follow some stuff around the room. We've got this man combing his hair in a hotel room. Uh, member of the hotel staff comes in, drops off some room service, gets stiffed by this guy. He's obsessed with combing this hair. Um, science for the thing, doesn't what tip. What do you mean? Because I comb my hair for two hours every morning. <laughs> doesn't look like it. Well, we're at the end of the day, dude. You should, what does it look like without the, that two hours? You should see me at 9 a.m. when it's every hair is in the right place. <laughs> Do you look like the general at the end of this movie who hair and makeup pulled up to kind of make it look like, I look like him and Kurt Fuller were exhausted? I look like the general <laughs> from the auto insurance commercials in the morning. <laughs> You're too tall. Okay. You're too tall. What what do we think was going on with these like leather driving gloves he was wearing in this scene? Because that was like immediately stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Why does he have these on anyway? Well, maybe yeah, maybe it has to do with them having to cut into his hands all the time because his arms keep screwing up. That's uh, a good point. Yeah, like if he sees the f- loose skin flapping, it'll mess up some circuitry or something. Yeah. Okay. You could argue why even put the skin back? Just put the gloves on mm. if you're trying to work out the kinks and you're going to be digging in there all the time. Good point. Okay. So we um, we change perspective here. We go inside this mirror. We see that there's a lab on the other side of this thing observing. This is Dr. Eve Simmons. Um, the man that we saw in the hotel room, he starts to bug out. We get this alarm going off. Let's just shut him down, she yells. So the walls of the hotel room... Very like Mission Impossible 1. The walls of this hotel sort of break away. A bunch of lab techs come in. That damn hand again, she says. Uh, some techs come in. They start checking. They immediately start cutting in at the top of this. We don't know it's a robot yet. Hand. Starts digging around. Another doctor comes up and starts hassling our, our Dr. Simmons. She doesn't really take much of a shit. Um. This is where we realize, like, this is an android. They don't say the word android, but an android is a robot that looks like a human, right? So I want to make sure. Uh, On the comm system, we get uh, Eve 8 is being made ready in lab number four. Dr. Simmons looks on the feed. Uh, Someone that looks exactly like her is getting dressed and asks, how do I look? We got our opening credits. We're flying through this subway tunnel. We see that it's hold the on, Bart hold on, hold on, hold in the on, Bay Bart. Area. Yeah. yeah, There is a conversation that goes on between Eve and the other guy where 
they're talking i don't know what the fuck they're talking about but she's like if we don't we don't do redo this or or how far is it gonna set us back or whatever she says well enough to where we'll be rebuilding transmissions uh across the street at the car garage or something uh rebuilding transmissions is not just some minimum wage like dumbass dude job like that's a let's give some respect to our uh, auto mechanics out there all right absolutely yeah Yeah. put your pen and paper away uh we fucking said it so (laughs) we're gonna rebuild transmissions over there like it's just some like you go to Mm. like there's some flipping burger job yeah You'd think, too, that their skill sets would transfer to some other, like, I don't know, startup or something in San Francisco, since that's where they are, right? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'd be able to, like, use their, like, advanced robotics knowledge and AI and everything for something there. But, no, immediately to, yeah, fixing up transmissions. Yeah. I'm guessing the writer probably got screwed at some car garage. That makes sense. Yeah, there you like, go. That was the last guy that pissed him off. Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, a car mechanic would know the difference between a van and a That's car. True. He would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. <laughs> I was about to defend myself. <laughs> no, never mind. Can I will say I felt really dumb <laughs> during this first scene when we see the robot because I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have a hard time telling these two actresses apart. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. Oh, dude, I had the same reaction. Okay, all right. I'm embarrassed how long it took me to realize that the same person was playing both characters. It took me, it took like, once I saw her on the second view, wait, it's the same. (laughs) Yeah, it took me until she was having that conversation on the train to be like, oh, wait, it is the same actress, apparently. You're an idiot. And I will say, right. I, I love a okay. bank of technology like they had when they switched to inside with all the scientists. And I don't know if you guys noticed, there's like just like a blinking light that looked like a heart monitor line, but it just didn't move at all. It was just the same line blinking. And it was very obviously just a light with like that line, like heart monitor style line painted across it, which I found very amusing. The whole first scene is amazing because like, it's like a two-way mirror. Like, who are they hiding from? Is the android not supposed to realize that he's like, does it, like, the whole thing is an elaborate set so that he won't find out that he's being watched? Is that the idea? This is clearly a test to see if he can interact with a bellhop in a reasonable exactly. manner. <laughs> yeah. In case he That's ever right. has to stay at a hotel in the future, you know. Yeah. It does make sense, because then, like, just a few scenes later, maybe he's far behind Eve, Eve mm. 8, who their test seems a little bit more advanced when they send her out into the world. Yeah. Okay. I, so you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I have a lot of questions about how they're structuring these tests based on like where she goes immediately when she gets off this train. But I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. No. I, I'm sorry. That's, that's I. No. I. But I think that's something that we can put in the column that I try to do sometimes of like how could you fix this? Mm. And that could have instead of having like the generic hey they're gonna shut us down, there could have been a I told you this test is too blah 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 mm. or this and then they say hey, we need to test cognitive ability prior to their self-awareness because there could have been something more with Eve 8 later in the movie about how she's dealing with that. I have the memories of a human, but I'm realizing I'm a robot, which she never really does. Mm. They hint at it in a few like visuals, but she never really acknowledges that she's a robot. 
that bellhop in the first scene is like, why don't you program them with the memories of someone who remembers to tip? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he sold, like, being frustrated and not getting that tip, knowing mm-hmm. it was an android. I'm like, hey, good on him. He takes his job seriously. <laughs> well, at this point in the movie, like, Eve 8 is already out in the world, right? So they've already perfected a robot that can... <laughs> live as a human exactly <laughs> so i guess this is eve nine I, I guess they might be scared they have to go back to rebuilding transmissions because they're it's the robot after uh, eight sucks ass i mean Evan nine they can't even <laughs> i know they're like mm-hmm. what is this gonna do set us back a few days and she's like no it's not a big deal because the other android is out at a bank right now and she's fine mm-hmm. yeah well and, and i do wonder capable. if they used Dr. Simmons' memories for Eve, like, who did they use for the memories and everything for this male robot? Maybe maybe uh, they didn't. Really, That's the problem. That, w- that, that would have been so cool if the guy yelling at her was him, was the same <laughs> actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. there was, like, some uh, animosity between them because her robot's doing great and his we sucks know who ass. the smartest person <laughs> in the room is. There you they go. They cut to the other it's side of the mirror. How to fix it. And he's just behind mm, yeah. her combing his hair. And he's like, this yeah. isn't working. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> I don't know. He's nothing like me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are on a train. Uh, we have Eve 8 here. Uh, she's sitting across from mullet Liam Neeson here. Where are you from? You look big city to me. Takes her a second. Thanks for the compliment. Quick in and out, huh? She tries to ignore this. We also notice that she's being observed by another guy on the train. He's got an earpiece in. Classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic. Train stops. She hops off. This guy follows up. She heads into the Pacific Bank. Eve 8 gets in line. Uh, the other, the, Her tail, he pretends to fill out a withdrawal slip. When was the last time you guys actually had to do that? The 90s? I had to fill I had to fill out a deposit slip recently. Why? Did mm-hmm. you forget how to do it and like walk up to the teller and ask for help? No, not really. Okay. I've had to do it. it when the ATM was down and you couldn't deposit the check in the ATM. And then I actually had to go inside the building. Oh, man. Yeah. I just come back the next day. <laughs> oh, I always go in. I have never deposited anything through an ATM. I guess I'm a lot like the character in this movie. He doesn't trust him. Mm. So, just one guy, just one tail on this incredibly powerful android. Super Mm -hmm. secret government weapon. Exactly. Seems like a little bit of a flaw here in the plan. Hey, one is all you need if you're a pro. I mean, (laughs) hey, (laughs) let's not question this guy's. He's he's really good. Mm -hmm. He's normally going really into good. furlough. You know, the other three dudes got cut, you know. <clears throat> hmm. I did think maybe he should have an off switch. Maybe he should have a remote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like with a uh, fuck shit. And then when she takes the bag later that he's recording the whole thing on, then she destroys it. Like she realizes that's like. But then you don't get Gregory Hines later yelling about there not being an off switch. Eight, eight yeah. times. So I'm like, what do you like more? Yeah. How, he, yeah. He, again, A, add that to the how to fix this column. But B, amended to that, 
him just being like, you don't have a backup for this? If she just took that, she could destroy it and be fine? You know, like, you need mm-hmm. a backup off switch. That's his That's his angry, you know. Because he's, like, got plans on top of plans, it seems like. You know, he's a real, you know, strategist. He's the best there is. He is. <laughs> he is. Now, is he... Wouldn't you know is, it? Is, is, is he a civilian? Or is he... Because they call him a colonel. <laughs> he's a Marine. Or he's in the army, I think. He's a colonel. He's with Marines later. Yeah, he's a colonel in the army. So why isn't he wearing I, his I, fucking I, uniform? Because he's a cool movie colonel. Yeah, that bothers me. Tra- didn't we have another movie like, where they somebody was in the service and they weren't wearing their fucking uniform? It, it happens in Top Gun Maverick. He reports. Did you guys see Top Gun Maverick yet? I did. Yeah, I have okay. not. No. All right. It's not really a spoiler because you you. I haven't seen the first like, one, of course. And I'm <laughs> oh, so, okay. Please, <laughs> fucking Cruz shows up like he's he reports for duty, just in like a white t-shirt and leather jacket, and stands in front of <laughs> his commanding officers, just getting talked down to, just yeah, in a the, fucking motorcycle. The commanding jacket. officers That's were true. in uniform. Right, but he was reporting to it. Gregory mm-hmm. Hines was just pulled out of the field real quick. Yeah. And then he's going into action, so he they even talk about how the helicopters got civilian marking, so they're trying to keep it incognito. Oh yes, I have notes about that. How does this wait, sorry, does this work like is this are we doing this correctly? The banter as you go through the plot, or is the idea to go through the entire plot and then yeah. we kind of circle back around? We can circle, but if I feel like if you've got some if it's a big enough picture thing, by all means bring it up. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, dudes, we got ourselves a robbery. We got two goons coming in here. Uh, they start screaming everybody to get down. Everybody kind of responds except Eve Eight. She just sort of stands there and ignores it. Um, she looks over just as her tail is about to pull his sidearm out and draw on one of the goons. One of these goons is faster than he is. Shoots the shit out of her tail. He goes flying up against the wall. Um. Oh, she grabs, uh, shoots that other guy in the stomach, uh, or she goes for the one guy. He shoots her in the stomach. She doesn't react at all. She grabs him. She lifts him up. Uh, she kills the other guy too. I forgot that in there. I just got so excited about her lifting this fucking dude up. Don't you think she by his shirt. should have started leaking a bunch of oil when she got shot or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make a big deal about her heart pumping blood, mm. and then there's very little mm-hmm. blood that comes out. But it doesn't take her very long. She lifts his dude straight up in the air. He's freaking the fuck out, and then she just classic 80s toss through the window. Um, she picks up one of the Uzis. So there was an Uzi and a shotgun. She picks up one of the Uzis and then notices the bag that her tail was holding. It had some sort of recording device. She picks that up, hightails it out of there. We see the bank robber getting assistance from a bunch of civilians in the background as she crosses the street and takes off. There's n- she is now on the There's loose. no way they would have just let this woman leave the building, right? I mean, <laughs> she <laughs> killed two people, presumably. Who's going to stop her? I guess that's right, but, you know. She does have an Uzi. There should have been a trail of blood of wherever she went, but, you know. Yeah, she should have left a pile of bodies in her wake wherever she walked <laughs> do you think that her tail like probably could have stopped it 
if he'd reacted sooner because I got the impression he he watched the whole thing go down like I have to see how this plays out. This is the one scenario we didn't plan for. And he watches just like yeah. a yeah. second too long, but I feel like the whole movie would have ended there if he'd just true scientist. He's he's either got to act right away or just let it play just out. Just let it and play like, out. Don't show his yeah. gun at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and really they edit it in a way to where he kind of makes the noise and she turns and reacts and that's what forces the other goon to notice it. Mm. True, right. And so like pull her, her reaction to that. So I get what you're saying though, like if he if he wanted to watch it, he should have just fucking let it play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And should have let it play out like, hey, she's kind of indestructible. Like, I have the best scenario possible <laughs> for a robbery. I have a robot who's bulletproof. Or maybe even the handler, like, shoots a hostage. Like, add more chaos into the scenario and see how Evate responds, you know? Yeah. Oh, that would have mm-hmm. been cool. I really felt like the Joker should have used this in The Dark Knight. Oh. I mean... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. William Finchner coming out and gets thrown through a window. No, I'm supposed to kill the robot. <laughs> yeah, there should have been several Eves <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> All right, we are somewhere south of the border. Some sort of military operation on this village square. Uh, multiple camoed forces roll in and shoot several men with automatic rifles. Uh, these spec ops guys, they make their way into a back room. There's several tied up and blindfolded hostages. Uh, we hear kind of ADR, like he's one of them. He's one of them. Uh, one of these hostages doesn't actually seem to be a hostage. You think Christopher Nolan got that from this? Bom. The bad guys to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He rips his thing off. He jumps up. He, uh, does he punch him or knock him out? Headbutt him? Uh, he hits him in the nose. Fucks with his nose later. Yeah. This startles that first spec ops guy, and then he just starts waylaying him, taking him out one by one, shooting some of them, coming up behind him, throwing him down. Final guy gets thrown on the ground as our hero, Colonel Jim McQuaid, blows his whistle in anger and yells, line up. McQuaid. McQuaid. <laughs> You're all dead, he says. This is some sort of training exercise. You never relax. You never let up. Things are not always what they seem. We get a helicopter and a jeep that roll in. Of course, you never hear the helicopter in the distance. It just It's there within five seconds. This uniform officer, he jumps out of a jeep, comes up with a bag and a folder. What the fuck is that? Order, sir. What would you pack for me? <laughs> yeah, you got to get the fuck out of here, basically. This is Gregory Hines, by the way. Hines hops off the or onto the helicopter and they take off. Man, do they love holding on their helicopter landing and takeoffs oh boy. in this movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you. Pay, this is a big picture. Paid thing. all that money. Does this movie seem, paid all that money to get a helicopter in there. You put it on the screen, dude. You use yeah. it. Yeah. Um, did this movie seem like very seventies to you guys? Like in pacing, like. I've joked in the past that 70s movies show the guy leave the house, shut the door, get in the car, pull out of the driveway. There are some interesting editing choices in this movie, I think. It didn't yeah. bother me. And then I read, I was reading a review of it this morning before I watched it a second time. And that was one of the comments was like, man, their editor just like let things play out, didn't he? Um, 
But I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. The the most 70 thing about it is that scene, I think, when the helicopter takes off is like the very, very slow, jerky camera zoom into the helicopter. That serves literally mm-hmm. no purpose, but it's a great zoom. I think it might be the music, dude. It sounded like just some B-roll from like a 1930s movie for this. If every like, action movie was still scored that way yeah, today. I, mean, I was yeah. like, man, this is some music here. <laughs> Yeah, the music was great. It was. I have a question. What was the point yes. of this training exercise? So, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, has he been training him this them this whole time? And if so, wouldn't they have noticed he was a hostage? And if he hadn't been training them all the time, is the point of the exercise just to be careful because one of the hostages you rescue could be a villain? Is that is that like the clearly major none point of them of are that talented? <laughs> So recognizing him, I don't I mean, they're all like, but I got the impression that like, because they talk about the hostage situation later, it was, it was like this yeah. whole training exercise was like set up to, for this one very specific scenario that they were about to, like, he was supposed to rescue hostages. So they set up this whole thing. Meanwhile, the hostages presumably are being killed one by one. Yeah. 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 That's. So it was just like, Hey, be careful. One of the hostages you rescue could turn on you basically. Yeah, I think that's the overall lesson. Like he's a- just trying. He's. He, I assume he's put them through like nine or ten scenarios already. Mm. You know, and just and maybe said like, "All right, let's run it again." And this time he hopped in there. Uh, it's the hunted, you know. I mean, I think Brantley brings up a good point, though. Like, wouldn't you eventually, if this is your tenth mission, wouldn't you be like? <laughs> Uh, Colonel Green Beret is going to be up to some shit here. I mean, like every time he throws a wrench into the system. So maybe it was the first day like, class. Yeah. yeah. And they got in there and got the hostages out. Like they took out like the enemy they were supposed to. So it was just a mm-hmm. weird like thing for him to be so pissed off about. I, I mean, guess. I've never seen special ops before or anything, but I don't think they're going to be driving a fucking Jeep through a gate. <laughs> I mean, they might. That's definitely how they do <laughs> training missions. For you, practice like you play, buddy. <laughs> and they're like reset, and then they build the gate up, and everyone puts their squibs mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were. I mean, there were squibs. These people were being shot. That's the crazy thing. That's the yeah, like part. squibs and like. Yeah. Were they? It'd be one thing if he was just like taking them out with like karate chops, <laughs> right? You know, or choking them out or whatever. <laughs> The fact that he's like straight up shooting them, it yeah. really throws you for a loop. It's hard to like Again, get in the mindset though, if people aren't really you have to like if you're gonna be trained for that, you need to think people are being shot. Yeah. Yep. But at least it wasn't like he wasn't in like Mexican face. Very true. You know Good what point. I mean? And like that would have not aged as well, like if he was one of them with a sombrero, like very stereotypical. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and they would have done yeah. that still in the early nineties. Oh yeah. Oh, my hackles went up when it went to south of the border, like in that setup. I was like, oh boy, what's gonna happen? But thankfully, yeah. it was it was better than I expected. So. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm gonna give Heinz some props here, like having grown up around the military, doing ROTC. Like, I, I felt like his ass chewing was pretty real. Mm. Like he was like the, he he does sort of sell it. He doesn't. And one thing throughout the movie is I never get the sense that Heinz thinks he's like more of a badass than he actually is. Like he's relatively calm and collected. He's confident, mm-hmm. but he's never like 
threatening and brooding, like Jack Reachery, you know? Yeah, I actually found that really refreshing about the movie yeah. is that he's very capable, but is also very like intellectual and, you know, tries to come at it from, you know, a very strategic mindset. Not he's just layered. force. Yeah. Yeah. He's better in this movie than the movie has any right for him to be. <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. he's incredible in this movie. Yes. I, I think I, he sells being bad like upset about knocking over that pan <laughs> so well. That's <laughs> once a week at my house. Shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you gonna say, oh, Carl? I think most of the people in this movie are doing better than they need to be for yeah, the film. True. Like I think everybody yeah. across the board kinda was bringing an A game to a B movie. So, yes, mm-hmm. it's very true. Yeah. The father later on is incredible, too. Yeah. Has like definite, like, uh, you know, New York actory vibes about him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, this helicopter takes off. We cut to Dr. Simmons' house. She's typing away on her state of the art laptop there. While her son, Tim, asks for some help with his anatomy. Uh, she says, yeah, just a second. Little shit. He just fucking turns off her laptop. She laughs it off. She responds way better than <laughs> I or my wife probably would have if our daughter mm-hmm. did that. Especially if you were working on a nuclear equipped Android. Exactly. <laughs> and it's an early 90s computer. That probably just, you know, like, there was no save. Like, that just, <laughs> no you save. lost all your work right then. She just I lost mean, her years it, of it research. It will take 25 Android. minutes to boot mm-hmm. back up. It's totally gone. <laughs> There's no flash memory on that thing. Yeah. All right. Um, but I'm, I'm glad he did because I really love this scene. This kid explaining anatomy to his mother. Uh, this is a vagina. She starts to blush. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We realize that he has this just, I, I mean, pretty detailed drawing of the male and female form. This kid's what, five or six? This kid is woke as hell, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, this kid rules. <laughs> this kid is an Balls? Ally. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to balls. So the phone rings. Made in the other room, she answers. Those are tits, the kid yells. Their breasts, the other word, isn't nice. And then I immediately thought about all the times Dan and I have said tits on this podcast, so I genuinely apologize. Ron is yeah. here, too. Uh, I was I was also disappointed in you and Dan when I saw this <laughs> oh, scene. Yeah, so. I don't think Cron drops tits <laughs> all right, like we I got, do. Uh, I, I, I come from the Carlin school that tits is guys, fun. You're going to get a real yeah. highlight reel of Cron saying tits. So... <laughs> Try to find the footage, dude. Try I'm, to I'm not. It. I'm gonna find the audio. It ain't out. The footage. It ain't out there. It ain't Scan out there, it, dude. It's out there. All right. He just said okay, last you know week, like I'm are? the biggest tit guy on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Karan Howard, and I'm the biggest tit guy on this podcast. No, dude. You and I support this message. <laughs> this is deep fake shit, dude. I mean, <laughs> you're gaslighting <laughs> it, bro. <laughs> I know what that means now. Let's tell the truth. The only time Kron has said it is when he, not referring to a body part, just like, it's the tits. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even then I say, uh, it's the breasts. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's what they'll cut out to make it sound like you looped and loop it like 15 times. Mm -hmm. Make it sound like you were saying. Yeah, these are the tits. I'll put that (laughs) in. That sounds about right. Tits. Balls. 
Oh, fuck. The maid comes in. She says, hey, you need to uh, you need to take this. I told you no calls. They mean business, though. So she has to go in there. What do you know? She's got to go back into the office. Damn. Uh, Maria, this is the maid. She's going to end up having to take Timmy to the airport per the doctor. Remember, they're called testicles. So let me get this right. This kid travels back and forth from San Francisco to New York to see his parents each week? Every weekend. That's how they make it seem. The one, That's the insane, one dude. It's the 1%. Mm-hmm. I mean. No judge would ever allow that. Maybe the, maybe she's mad about the being a transmission mechanic because, sadly, while that's still a good-paying job, she could not afford to send her son to New York every weekend. This has to I go mean, right. Just the fact that they own apartments or homes in San Francisco and New York to, you know, the two of them can afford that is crazy. Yeah. The government's not fucking paying this girl that much. She's maybe uh, like a. Does she work for the government? Like or does she work for like a defense contractor? This is the top scientist in the world in this field. I mean. Nah. She's banking like 180. She's the only doctor out here making robots of herself. Well, for 91, 180's like pretty good, dude. (laughs) What did. And they said that her husband is a journalist or something? Oh, that's every guy in New York is a journalist, dude. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Like former former like novelist and writer too, now primarily a journalist. Is that what they said? Or am I yeah. confusing that? Okay. Playwright yeah. slash <laughs> a- I think this is why that kid owner. is so cool. Cause the uh the mom's so open to talk anatomy and stuff with him too. Alright, we get to McQuaid being introduced to the admins of this operation, and this scene is also extremely slow. I feel like they recorded and cut in the rehearsals for this. <laughs> there was um, a there was a shot where they like cut to another take in the shot, like or something like that, because you can see the the miscontinuity in the background, like the like there's different lights on and everything. It was okay. weird. I've never I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. It was odd. Uh, so uh, Kurt Fuller, who I think has been on the podcast two times before, um. We know him as the jockass himself. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. You know, holds Bard. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. And then he popped up in, uh, he's a tech in Running Man as well. Mm. The number one movie. Number one movie. Letting you guys in on a secret right now. It's not <laughs> For out now. Yet, do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank you All for right. the support. Yep. Should have got Run that out. right up into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I realized afterwards I was, I was too far mm-hmm. away, but. It's Lucy Goosey, man. It's like Eve of Destruction here. We take our time in between these sequences, all right? So McQuaid is being introduced to the admins, like we said. Um, McQuaid kind of bitches about what's going on because he's he was pulled out of a training for a hostage situation. Um, immediately, Kurt Fuller, he cuts in. We know that this is our sort of... I want to say he talks to the CIA later, so I don't know if he's our CIA connection or DOD guy. Hmm. Um, I did get a visceral reaction to the old school military IDs that they all had. So growing up in the military, Dan, I don't know if you noticed those. Oh wait, Kurt Fuller. Um, Don't they say he's NSA? 
NSA? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. they do at one point. There's like a throwaway but, line. Yeah, they're... That's right, because he calls Langley later and is like, hey, can you give us some plausible deniability <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah. Um, all right. So the thing that I love, they ex- they explain everything about Eve 8 and how she's gone. And then they show a little movie that they've prepared. <laughs> I guess it took him long enough that Kurt Fuller was like, well, if he doesn't get here in time, let me make a, a quick video so this video presentation shows the original robot oh, the, dudes the, this fucking doctor who level robot the original robot's eyes look like they are screaming kill me please i mean <laughs> robot one looks miserable to be alive i thought it was i was like wait a minute that well, that's it <laughs> i thought they yo that's what's under Eve's yeah. skin i thought so too at first mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what the dude in the hotel room looks like underneath that's why he keeps fucking up that does make sense yeah mm. all right and it this thing does not take very long they pretty much cut they talk about this original robot and then they show the modern eve 8 version um this is where fuller says uh she's based off dr simmons uh physically uh mentally and she they even used her memory um, to build up her emotion and it's her memory. The stupidest base. fucking thing you could ever fucking do. Yeah, she should have been fired. It's like you don't put a nuke in that thing. You don't mm-hmm. shit where you eat. <laughs> and this video seems to only exist so that they can give us that <laughs> expository piece of information. Mm-hmm. Her memories are part of it, even though that comes up later in the movie and everything. Like, because there's mm-hmm. no other usable information that's like beneficial to Gregory, or excuse me, McQuaid in this at all. Like, it's the shortest, like, least informational to the problem at hand for him video that you could create. And they also, it's just like, impeccable timing that in the video she's lying on a table with like both breasts out at the exact moment they say like and she's based on her body is based on this person right here who you'll meet in about a minute yeah Mm -hmm. remember that fancy doctor you just met yeah that's what what she looks like underneath hey after you met her for a minute did you want to see her nude because we got (laughs) we got the footage right here (laughs) Kron what did what did she show Uh, off She showed off um, this breast because this one's being cut off. Yeah, if I recall. Okay. I sh- Nick just saved your ass there, Kyle. Just trying to get him to say tit. You almost fell. F- yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I'm so sorry. Hey, that's okay. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> find the recording, no, dude. No, we'll get it. We'll get it. Don't worry. I didn't say it now. I didn't say it before. We got a Try to long it. episode to go. To be fair, Kron does do our audio compression, so he might listen and. No, oh, no. I do I cut one stuff before out I load it. I, cut, I do extra stuff. edits all the time. I, do it all I think the time he makes me sound worse. Mm-hmm. I put your I put okay. your guys' audio in 16-bit. Good, that's how I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, a better version of this would have had the video presentation be like a presentation that they show to investors mm. or to the Pentagon. That had like some stats and the thing working a little bit more. This just really does, like you said, it's there just to get it to the audience. And then they turn right around and give you even more explanation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing for real 
McQuaid ass. Incredible. Stupid fucking white people making not- robots. <laughs> but also, he just saw it in the video, so it's also a weird question to ask. Why the fuck would you be there if it wasn't a real situation? Yeah. He's been doing training it's so tra- long. Everything's right? training, man. Yeah. He, he's so, yeah, he's so used to fucking with his trainees, he assumes, like, shit. This is a test. Like he says, like, nothing's what it seems. Mm. Maybe they're trying to fuck with me. Um, we see, we cut to Eve 8 walk into a gun store where apparently there's no waiting period. You can just buy. That's fucking. Same as today, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's yeah. a Terminator sure. playbook. Yeah. There is mm-hmm. no waiting period if you shoot the gun store owner mm-hmm. and then just walk out. Hey, buddy, you can't do that. Wait, does she oh. buy another gun here, or is she just buying ammo for her she Uzi? Just, she just buys ammo for the Uzi. Okay, but. all right. 255, yeah. no, 250 yeah. rounds, yeah, which I mm-hmm. think she fires at least like four times. Because they can't fucking card. track her anywhere else, but they can track her from the fucking GSA card. That's what they call a government <laughs> credit card, guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm all for it. I think that works, though. <laughs> like, hey, it gives you... it it. It gives the story somewhere to explain where she, like, why they're, you know, gives him some point to follow. Um, so we're back at the HQ. General Curtis, this is our California fucking actor. This dude fucking cracked me up. There were times where I felt like he should have ended it with, like, man or dude, the way he was enunciating. And then Kurt Fuller, uh, Eve was damaged in the shooting. It messed with her internal workings. Now she's on the loose. This it feels improv. It feels like come up with explain like why this would be. And then they say something about battlefield mode. And what's battlefield mode? And they cut to Kurt Fuller and they hold on him and he just like inserts a space between every sentence. That is insane. It's like he's forgetting. It's like he's learning it. Legit. Like this is the rehearsal he's dropping cut. the cards. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's like the new guy at SNL fucking not keeping up. Um, Basically, battlefield mode, if she feels like uh, she perceives harm, uh, she's immediately, she's a split second away from defending herself. So this puts her on a really short, like fast fuse. Uh, Also, at the time of the shooting, her trace was knocked out, so they can't follow her. And that credit card. She does not have it. (laughs) She does not have an off switch. She is more human than machine, they say. Kron, this is... So, I gotta say... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was was gonna say, this seems like it would be a horrible in a battlefield situation where a single bullet can knock out the trace and mess with their internal workings to switch them into battlefield mode and then Mm -hmm. have a nuclear weapon (laughs) running around uh, like crazy in a battlefield. Uh, Seems like she'd be a horrible thing to put in a war zone. What? I like the explanation later that they said when she says like it's designed to be a hidden nuke, like she could mm. sneak into a place because it's the she could get past like the Star Wars defense or the shields. Yeah. But yeah. again, why is she carrying it now in a training scenario? <laughs> exactly. Uh, actually, so, that would have yeah, never right. worked because they would have killed her for being an American. They should have programmed her a different. Uh, I think we were OK in 91, right? 91. What are we? Fighting Kuwait, first Gulf War. Yeah, we're, yeah. So, but that was a popular war, though, right? It's a TV war. He tried to kill Bush, man. Shit, I feel like one. 
once I learned about nuclear battlefield mode, the whole rest of the movie, I was like, they're not going to do it, but I wish you would blow up. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> like, let's release. Th- it's a little bit of uh, Chekhov's nuclear woman, and it doesn't deliver. I mean, <laughs> do we really need San Francisco? I mean, love you guys, listeners in San Francisco. I'm just kidding. Is some we've seen the numbers. Really they don't love us. Good dialogue in that scene, though, where where he McQuaid says like, "Oh, well, what's that cylinder?" And she's like, "Don't worry about it. It's just part of her protection system." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's like circle back to that later when the mm-hmm. world is in danger." And you, as the viewer, you've watched movies since like that came out, you know, post World War II, so you immediately recognize that symbol. Right. Yeah, right. Like he sh- he should know what that symbol means. <laughs> like if he's a badass marine, I'm sure they've had some sort of like nuclear response training or something. It just says nuclear warhead on it. And he's like, "What's that cylinder that says nuclear warhead?" And she's like, "That's oh, just to yeah. throw them off. It's just a protection system." See, that would work. Totally that would work. <laughs> if they yeah, if they joked and they were like, "Nah, it's just a it's just a deterrent." You know, so this would keep people. It's like, you know, in Dark Knight where he's got the electrocuted or uh, electric cowl to keep people from pulling his mask off. Oh, right. Yeah. He's like, is it? Is, she, is this bitch nuclear? No, it's just meant as a deterrent. OK. Yeah. In case someone cuts into her, they'll see this yes. and they won't yeah. cut any further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah, at this point, um, Dr. Simmons, she showed up. Again, another awkward cut of her walking around the table, everybody waiting as gentlemen for her to sit, and then her and the general are like, who's going to sit first? It's it's very odd. Uh, McQuaid immediately starts off with, uh, how do I kill this thing? Or no, he makes a joke about like his specialty is lasagna. Hey. And Heinz has some great like stone-cold faces Spinach here. lasagna, man. <laughs> What Just did I lasagna. say? Lasagna with a light oh, okay. basil. It's sauce. gotta be spinach. Yeah. That's right. With the, the, yes. Well, I think the best part of this scene is the general just putting his head in his hand when he says that. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, oh, perfect. Um all right. So this fills us in. This is we as a viewer know that there's more thanks to this nuclear symbol, but they're filling him in and explaining on, you know, why this movie exists or why we can continue forward. Nuclear robot on the loose. No way to turn it off. We see Eve. She's banding herself up or bandaging up her wound in a hotel. Uh, we cut back. This is where we see the nuclear device, and then they start to explain her circulatory system. That uh, you know, her heart is basically just for hu- human appearance. She has blood and these other organs just for that sake, but she can keep going despite all of this. Uh, pretty much the only way to terminate her motor activity would be a direct shot into one of her eyes. We got Eve 8. She's in this sweet little red Mustang. She's leaving the city. McQuaid is outfitted with a Bronson fucking level pistol Mm -hmm. with this giant laser. The laser is almost as big as the barrel of the gun. It is a wildy style. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. looks like a, I don't know. 90 caliber guy. I mean, it looks like... Yeah, it looks yeah. like a Schwarzenegger desert yeah, eagle. Yeah, the bullet should be as big as your fist is. I mean, it's huge. Mm-hmm. 
I really would have loved just some tech nerd come up and say, hey, sir, we've outfitted this armor, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, <laughs> give me a little bit. You just gave all this exposition for her. Put a little bit more into the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, build it up you a little a, bit you more. You need a gun this big to pierce the <laughs> exoskeleton. <laughs> like, Yeah, sure. it, something like that, yeah. Yep. And if anything, that would have been awesome because maybe he loses that gun and the only way to kill her later is a regular revolver through the eye. Which probably you know, should have worked. Oh, you can hit her in the head with this round, blah, blah, mm. blah. It, you're absolutely right, Dan. The only thing that would truly kill her is pushing the gun into her head. I push my fingers Spoiler into alert. my eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got it. It's the only it, thing. Yeah, I didn't want to start headbanging and fuck up the recording. Thank you, Carl. I do appreciate the laser being that giant, though, and he doesn't seem to mind it. No one says, like, you guys have, like, a more modern gun? And they're like, no, 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 no. This is the smallest we have. Now go kill that android that we have walking around. It's like sh- We can't shrink down a laser. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's got a laser pointer on Okay, come on. <laughs> exactly. What are you... Yeah, exactly. That's the coolest shit we got. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't annoyed by it, because didn't they say he's, like, the best marksman they have? I would think mm-hmm. a giant scope on it would really, like, fuck him up he or something. fucked up on right. this one. Yeah, that would have been such a fun scene, like, especially because he's pretty good in these, whenever he's getting technical jargon thrown at him, like, his reactions. Mm-hmm. If some tech guy is like, hey, here's this, blah, 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 and he's like, what the fuck is this? Laser sir, state of the art, blah, 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 infinite battery, yada, yada. Sell him on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's Q? <laughs> I want the scene with Q. Every movie fucking needs a Q. They really do. Uh, Kurt Fuller, he sneakily gives our doctor a little beeper. Remember those? Remember when your parents had a beeper? Uh, sorry, Brewster's Millions. Yeah, my, parents my parents didn't have that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had, I did have a note when we were kind of talking about the kid Oh, up top there. I was like, uh, what was my notes? Oh, this looks like Bones' rich-ass childhood. <laughs> yeah. My dad never around. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, little Bones, it's time to fly back to New York City. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Fuller warns the doctor, hey, in the event she goes nuclear, this will warn us. Um. And then my favorite character in the movie, this is the information tech that works at HQ here. Uh, he notifies the team that Eve 8 has rented a car and purchased 250 rounds of ammo thanks to that good old company credit card. And she was she also requested and was given a detailed map of California. <laughs> of Northern California. Yes, that's right. Northern mm-hmm. California. Now, modern movie, they would have just said she's uploaded with the internet. She has fucking Google Maps. Not even a deal. But this is 91. People were still using paper maps. Wait, what? I cannot fathom it. (laughs) Weren't they in 91? Were they still doing where they put the credit card on the thing and they ran the over it? Because I was going to say, that's pretty fast for them to to know that she used the credit card unless they were doing like dial up or something and got that notification already. But they're the NSA. So that's true. Yeah. Because they used, they used to also call those in, right? They used to call in credit card charges. Like some places didn't have that. They would call it in directly. Oh, so, so maybe I that's it then. Okay. That card is just triggered, you know, mm. fucking Amex just immediately says, oh, anytime this thing's charged. How can charged. that go so well yeah. in this country? 
Like, all right, we're tired of doing that. Let's create a system to where we don't have to do that. And now it's just, you tap your fucking card. But anything else is terrible. <laughs> Sorry, guys, went, went politic there. Well, they, any, they, they want your money as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want to make everything else difficult, but the them getting your money back, they want I that can, quick. I can tap my card at the gas station to get a Slim Jim and a Monster Energy drink, and I can get a boner in like 10 minutes with a fucking pill. <laughs> That's all we've solved in the last 20 years. Right, but you got to pay out the ass for that boner pill. I mean, I got pretty good insurance. And that gas is $6 a gallon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they also call you every time and they're like, hey, did you buy 53 Slim Jims? That seems like too many. <laughs> like, no, I bought 63. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? And you're like, yeah, you're like, no legitimate charge. Don't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like the, the fraud department calls and says, hey, you bought 53 Viagra this month. That's a little high for you. And Dan's like, no, I got a, got a few parties this weekend. Mm-hmm. No, nah, motherfucker, I've been working out. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> it is crazy to me that in 1991, she can walk into a like sketchy gun store. And yeah, and that's how they ran the credit card. The guy at the gun store is just like, sure, yeah, let me just like take your payment information into the back for a few minutes and just make some carbon copies. And then you walk away with your gun. Mm-hmm. Let me take your government-issued credit card <laughs> that I didn't, that says it right on it, mm-hmm. and let you buy weapons yeah. and ammo. What is yeah, the name really, on the credit card? All he needed was 16 numbers. Any 16 numbers apparently could result in you I think if you see a- 250 if you, rounds of Uzi If ammo. you see a government card, though, you're like, this shit ain't going to bounce. Like, they're, they're mm-hmm. going to have to cover mm-hmm. the charge. Mm-hmm. I mean- I'm going to ring her up for four also, guns. Did she know exactly what type of ammo to buy, or did she pull the Uzi out and say, like, I need... Can you refill yeah, this, she please? she pointed at it. Yeah. You got the stuff that comes like, out of this thing? Like, opened her coat and shit and pointed to it? Like, I need 250 rounds of that. Yeah, I got you, babe. Mm-hmm. All right, where am I? All right. Uh, we're back with Eve 8. She goes into this shit kicker bar. Uh, it's like a hotel or a motel, excuse me, and bar. She goes inside and orders a pink lady. Uh, a pink lady was a popular cocktail in the 1950s. It's pink and opaque appearance would trick you into thinking that it's sweet, but it's actually drier than most modern cocktails. Mm. The classic recipe uses just gin, grenadine, cream, and an egg white. And this is all dialogue from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bartender in, in the explains it to her. And, yeah. mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, well, you, are you sure you still want it? <laughs> next week, we'll, we should be having those on the podcast next week. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll send so, you. I'll send you all the stuff. <laughs> I'll send you an egg white. Yeah, I was. Well, I was going to say you only know that recipe from being on egg white forums, right? Where you're just talking about a, how to max protein. Dude, my grease meetups, anything peak lady related, we are on, dude. <laughs> we drive around in our T-Birds looking for pink ladies. I was going to say, what ladies. year was the pink lady? You said 1930? 1950s? 1950s. So was this, when was Greece? What year was that? 
Like in the actual movie. It's set in the 50s. Okay. <laughs> set in, yeah, right. set in the 50s. Shot in like mm-hmm. the late 70s or early 80s. Yeah. So I don't was, remember. Yeah. No, they had like a fucking poodle and shit on their shit. Uh, yeah. what, are you, oh, Jack, what are you yeah. reasoning here? I'm just trying to see if maybe that was the inspiration <laughs> for the pink ladies on Greece. I, 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 I'm going to defend Dan. I can see that. That's kind of where I made that connection earlier. Mm. So I, I think wondering. maybe the pink ladies took their name from the drink. Well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I was asking. There you go. I think the drink pink was lady named sounds after a little the... soft for Rizzo, though, dude. Mm-hmm. She was fucking. Now, if you guys had a choice. All balls, man. Would you take Rizzo out on a date? Yeah, I think yeah. I would. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Without it. That's I'm the very one open I would go with, with my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you look like you're 30. You baby. want a Sandy in the streets and a Rizzo <laughs> in the sheets, right? <laughs> No, I just want the Rizzo all around, baby. <laughs> 20 kids in our trailer. Be awesome. Mm-hmm. Just wishing you were Your leather jacket still fits you, Danny. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're malnourished from fucking food stamps wearing out. Got all these kids to feed. All right. These three shit kickers in the bar, they take notice of Ebate. Uh, one of their, their fucking fearless leaders named Cal, this Randy Travis looking dude. This guy's cool as hell. The way no. he... Oh yeah. Cal. <laughs> He's got some line de- deliveries later. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. All right. Uh, he goes up immediately starts putting the moves on her. Uh, okay. So she asked for a Janis Joplin song on the jukebox. And says, hey, this is the 90s. Janis Joplin was dead before this jukebox was made. I don't see the logic in that. It's not. I don't. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That song that you're talking about existed before we built this machine. So obviously yeah, it's not on the... it. <laughs> Cal well, also like... doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's all about mo- the most modern music uh, available at the time either. He looks no. more like a country western kind of guy. Yeah, so when he inserts a nickel and says, let's listen to something from the 90s. Yeah. And then they play a song that sounds like it's from the 50s or 60s. I was going to say, this isn't Rage Against the Machine. Very, like, what, what is this? Yeah. Well, it was 91. <laughs> there were seven songs to choose from that had come out so far in the 90s. That's right. Mm. It was uh, Color Me Bad. Was that too early? Or one of those early 91. 90s. Is that Million... Millie Vanilli yet? Like Dookie out right now? Green Day, like ninety one. Mm-hmm. I think their first album early. was out. I think Dookie yeah, he was he throws on Dookie and <laughs> it's the <laughs> diegetic music for the scene. Welcome to paradise, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, the other two guys that were with Cal, they're smirking. They fucking they know that this is Cal's premier move. Doesn't take long for Eve to invite Cal to a room. We're in the helicopter. McQuaid starts interview, uh, interviewing Dr. Simmons. She asked, didn't you read my file? Um, this is not a complaint. I think the actress is great. This is, you really start to notice her like Dutch upbringing at this point in the movie, like her line delivery. There's times where you can't really tell. And then there's times where she's really having to, to hide the accent. Mm-hmm. Um, McQuaid starts listing off her basics. So he did read her file. Uh, in this back and forth, he admits that he's not a right wing nut job. He just wishes that we, the country, showed a little bit more. Totally backbone. voted for Trump, bro. He mm-hmm. he voted for Trump. 
Think he voted he's a Trumper. Trump, yeah. I think he's he's in the um. It's uh, like a Romney Republican. McCain. Uh, oh, okay. McCain. Yeah, you know, see. I think he's more of like the honest guys. He would he wouldn't have taken very kind to the I like my guys who don't get shot down mm. comment. Who knows? <laughs> who knows these days? I think he would have just eventually pulled a gun at the post office and that would have been it. <laughs> Yeah, but at this point, McQuaid has nothing to fight. Where's my vinegar syndrome? Ah, <laughs> uh, he lists off what he hates. He fucking hates terrorism. He also hates automatic bank telling machines. He hates junk mail, and he hates cars that talk back don't to you. All? You you don't like machines. He goes on. No, it's more like disbelief. You spend millions and come up with something that doesn't even have a fucking off switch. Burn. All right, guys. I know I said before, jump in interrupt let's riff but the next scene can we um let's pour one out for our brother here and be a little be a little sensitive all right all right so we're in eve's hotel room uh and cal gets his dick bitten off I think that about I'm sums it up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, yep. <laughs> you really the jumped crazy, to the finale. The craziest there. thing the is, guys, that if we ever meet up and we go out for the evening, and I, I know we're all married, but say we're not, and one of us decides to go to a room with the ladies, our lady, I'm not going to go to the hotel room and listen at the door. Okay, guys? Just saying that. I, I yeah. believe these guys had every intention of getting some sloppy seconds oh, and thirds. Yeah. I, I think these guys set it up at the beginning because when Cal goes to talk to her, they're like, hey, don't forget, there's two more yep. of us. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, he says all for one and one for all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That is yeah. true. That is a deep friendship. Yeah. <laughs> That's when too this guy, uh This guy has a line de- delivery, though, when he... I, I guess it's not a good. Well, when, yeah, hello, when he when he way. pulls out his dick, he says like, "Say hello." <laughs> he almost <laughs> sounds like Vincent Price. I rewound it like five <laughs> times in a row. Say hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And right. you know what? Okay. He just couldn't help himself because she was all into it until uh, he drops the B word. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's like, the big takeaway from this is yeah. we start to see the trauma. We start mm-hmm. to see. She's into it, and then what he is saying to her sort of sets her off. He keeps trying. He keeps saving it. He saves it like three times. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then I'm just. I'll say it. Uh, I didn't know you were a sensitive little bitch, and this is the thing that finally sets her off. So, I mean, you you uh, said at the well, top, but you know, it's the activity that you do with the boner. So, yeah, <laughs> that's true, but. Yeah, this is fucked up, man. This is like, but you're also like kind of, I don't know. I think it's the <laughs> noise that they add in that really takes it from being like Paul Verhoeven uncomfortable to like naked gun level. Like, it's kind of funny <laughs> at one point, but. Mm-hmm. And it's almost worse that they show him still alive later <laughs> when they show him like <laughs> whining and loaded into the ambulance. Like, just uh, kill me, dude. You could get a a dick sewed back on. <laughs> yeah, is that how that works? You just put it, like, take it with you? 
Oh, she swallowed it. Put it on. You ice. probably, yeah. I was assuming it's still in the room. Nick's Nick's right because I was waiting. Like, she never opens her mouth. I was thinking, like, is she gonna spit it out? And I think that probably would have been too much. It, she keeps it in her cheek you for know, the rest but, of the film. Like a hamster, just like right, exactly right, it's right there. Snack I was say, later. should we add this to our hot dog movie list? Okay. No, <laughs> too far. Uh, all right, so then. This prompts him to scream. The two pervs that were waiting outside, they rush in. Doesn't take Ooh, very long. I can't for wait for my turn. You hear that? Oh, man. <laughs> That's one kinky bitch. <laughs> it sounds wild in there, dude. I don't know if I've drank enough bush light for this shit. Mm-mm. Uh, she throws the first one through the door and then snaps the arm of the other. So this actually would have worked for one of your categories, Brantley. Oh, yeah. You, you had a category for arm or a bone break. Yep. And that's the flimsiest motel door <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> it was like a thin, thin sheet of plywood that that guy got thrown through. Man. I know the door doesn't just come out. It like splinters into nine pieces. <laughs> yeah. And you, you see how thin it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is. Uh, this is probably before, you know, those fire codes and shit now. So, like, anytime you're in an indoor, like, an actual hotel, if you ever notice, like, your door, you're like, it just fucking slams closed. Like, it's super heavy and slams closed. That's a fire deterrent. Because they don't mm. ever want your door to be, like, stuck open. If it's, like, a motel where it's roadside, open air, those are ones that you can keep the door open. There's no problem. Mm. So, if you've ever wondered that, that's why. That's why I always pour a lighter fluid all over my hotel room, just to keep things interesting, keep it moving, you know? Well, yeah. Let's just get the fire mm-hmm. over with, Yeah, is mm-hmm. my thing. Like, why slow the Once fire down? Once it's burned itself it's out, miserable. it can't burn anymore, I mean. Yep, dude. <laughs> what do they say? Fight fire mm-hmm. with fire. You got a lot. Which is the name I train of- train my fire better than yours. This guy's first and only other movie, Fire with Fire. Guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Filmmakers. <laughs> only other movie was called Fire with Fire. Guys, did anybody do any research on this guy? Yeah. No. Yeah. The director? How he died? Yeah. yeah. Are we close? He got a stick bitten off by a yeah. <laughs> cyborg. <laughs> but yeah. And set on fire? Exactly. He died, in a, he died in the California forest fires in 1993, saving a cat. Which lived. Oh, oh man. Wow. What a good guy. The cat lived. So this <laughs> yeah. guy died in a fire <laughs> after making two guy. movies, one of which was called Fire with Fire. Wow. Do you know what that's about at all? Did you look at that? It's not about fire. <laughs> I did look it up. Shit. Yeah. It's just, it has the word fire in it, it twice. It looks like romance yet, almost, like the covers to like people kissing or some shit. Yeah, it's like two people who meet at Catholic mm-hmm. school or something. And then, like, they're like, I don't know. I read the synopsis. I'm pretty sure Catholic school has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, that could be hot. It's about a filmmaker saving a cat from a fire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Semi-autobiographical. Prophetic vision that he had. (laughs) Had to film it. Catholic. Catholic. That's brutal. It's crazy, though. He died Mm -hmm. at, he was 41, and I guess he had 95% of his body was burned, and he jumped in a pool and because his body was so burned, all of the chemicals and the chlorine and shit like went into his bloodstream. Oh, God. shit. Oh. So he, 
Yeah. They actually yeah. took him it's to the burn awful. unit. Yeah. I think it was a few days yeah. later like that he yeah. died. He survives for a while. Oh, sounds, that sounds yeah. brutal. Hey, like the worst fucking way to go. asshole, Kron. Poor guy. Yeah. I wish I would have read this before this now. Yeah, it's Fuck. awful. All right. Wow. But the cat lived. So Cat's alive. He's like a hero. All right. Yeah. Damn. Hey, that's something. Yeah. Hey, Bones, uh, absolutely. Move that to the end of the podcast. I've got some more <laughs> zingers coming for this guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, while uh, this fucking assault is going on in this hotel room some cops they drove by and they realized that they recognized the car and the plates so they call in some backup now the guy that she had thrown through the door he runs down the hallway he is just fucking panicked uh he runs into these cops they try to calm him down a little bit uh but to no avail they finally throw him in the back of a car eve comes around the corner she's got her uzi we got like three raincoated cops. I always love a raincoated cop, man. It just you feel for them more. I don't know what it is. It makes them seem more real. I don't know what I mean. Does that make sense to anybody? I can see that. Like it seems more cinematic and like hmm. dramatic when they're in a raincoat. So anyway, we got five cops here. She just immediately blasts the first three. And then the other two that were kind of behind the, the cop cars doesn't take long for her to blow them up. She literally blows one of the cars up and then walks away. I think this is the first uh, in the movie of her using this Uzi and it just going all over the place as she's firing with it. Yeah. And I'm just, I mean, you'd think for a super strong robot, you'd be able to hold that gun straight, but. Mm-hmm. Just all over with it. That's how accurate she is, though. She was actually mapping, like, <laughs> like headshot, headshot, headshot. Those were the most precise. Yeah, that was like the cal- calculated precision mm-hmm. there. It's not easy I to kill shot, kill shot, kill shot. Kill shot. Mm-hmm. She was hitting yeah. all the exact right spots on the car to set it on fire and blow it up. Mm-hmm. She does walk away when it explodes. She does have that like shit <laughs> kind of reaction of like, oh damn, okay. <laughs> Uh, she gets in her car and fucks off. Uh, we cut to McQuaid. He's given the report over the radio. Um, Hilo lands at the scene. McQuaid tells Dr. Simmons to stay in the chopper. Do you guys think she listens? Uh, we see Cal loaded up into the ambulance, screaming. Seriously, just fucking let the guy go, man. Um... <laughs> uh, Nick McQuaid meets the sheriff who gives him a fucking hard time. Says something about like, I had one murder here like three years ago, and now I've got five dead cops. Um, Nobody cares, okay? Like, <laughs> why is... Do your job. Stop complaining. There, there's something to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Because you know, last night, or the night before, one of those cops thought like, Fuck, man. I wish we'd get some action, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it is that demolition Honey, man of, man, I just want to fucking bust somebody's ass. What's your work today? Oh, clean our gun. And uh, we had to mop the jail cell. Nobody was there. And then it yelled at some skateboarders and, and then, profiled a minority guy. And you know, it's like, but, what'd you do? Oh, I had to work so much today. Like, oh, damn. Fuck. <laughs> It's interesting that he mentions the people dying instead of like, man, 
No one's gotten their dick bitten off in this town for three years. <laughs> and now it's a war zone. <laughs> I mean, that really is page one, right? I would think so. Cal, Cal dick bitten off. Yeah, you know? they put his first and last name in Everybody the knows Cal. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah, the newspaper is front page, dick bitten off. And then on the very last page, it's like five cops shot dead. God damn it. This is going to be all over the internet. <laughs> All right. We've all wanted to do it, and now it's finally happened. <laughs> Cal's gotten his dick bitten off. <laughs> I told that boy it was coming. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he's looking around. Uh, Dr. Simmons, of course, hops out of the helo and starts walking around as well. Uh, she walks in. She notices that the bartender's getting interviewed by these two local cops. Here's the bartender say, she was looking to get laid. McQuaid why comes doesn't, in. Fuck why doesn't you? anyone point to the end of the bar and say, that's her right there? <laughs> that's the lady. <laughs> why are they allowing them I, to just, they go into the back room? Oh, uh, Gregory Hines has no respect for an employee's only sign. It's a crime scene. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but he calls it out. He's like, you're going to confuse these people. Come on, let's go to the back. Um. He's trying to get more out of her. Like, there's something to this. What is it? She needs to tell him more, but she resists. Um, an employee walks in and McQuaid yells at him, knocks over a pot, and then immediately feels bad again. He really just goes from zero to 10, zero to 10, zero to 10 in the span of three to four minutes here. Um, this is where we start to get some backstory on Simmons. She says that her, her mother's dead. She has no idea where her father is. When her mother died when she was younger, they she was moved to Europe. This is a you know nice little way to explain her accent. You know they would do it in like every other Arnold movie. Uh, so it's nice that they do it for her. Um, then she moved back to uh, Europe after college, and she tells the story about when she was younger. Her and her friends would drive by this bar. This was the Hooker Bar. And she would fantasize about going in here or coming in here. And now she's realizing that Eve 8, having been loaded up with her memories, is starting to live out her fantasies because she doesn't really have the repercussions of them. So this is where the movie actually starts to start to deal with the the feminine trauma. Like it really is this weird story about like what men do to women and if you if a, a woman was allowed to like react without consequence, what could potentially happen? So there are actually some elements of this that I kind of appreciate. So Same. as you go later in the movie and you see these flashbacks of her dad, you know, calling her mom a bitch, like the stuff sort of adds up. I think it's, there's some good layering there. Mm-hmm. Um, Immediately this- ruined by McQuaid asking her if she's got any other teenage sexual fantasies I should know about. Though. Yeah. This whole thing, though, does beg the question, like, do androids have sex drives? Because they're part human, part machine. I mean, male robots have hard drives, right? They go. Get- Goodbye, folks. Even <laughs> destruction. 
Uh, if they want the AI I mean, to be countless. spot on, right? Do you Floppy mean did. sex drive is yeah. part of the human mind, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to make conversation better. I mean, how much of conversation is like got a fucking hint of flirting to it? So otherwise, she'd be kind of wooden. Mm-hmm. I mean, they hint at a little bit with her and the Liam Neeson looking guy on the train in the beginning. True. Yeah, she doesn't. So, but there's there's an AI knowing how to be smart and how to use flirting to their advantage, and then actually having a sex drive and wanting to get down with Cal, which it seemed very much like she wanted to do that. Yeah. Kind of just sounds like if a robot was hitting on you, you'd be questioning it. <laughs> Is this robot really into me or not? <laughs> you don't know it's a robot. It's just part of its sick program. It's like that time you went to Vegas and didn't know the difference, Karan. Mm-hmm. She was a hooker. He oh, came yeah. back to our hotel room. We had a spot of 200 apiece. Dan, be fair, you were outside the door I was of listening. his hotel room. Because that's how I knew how much it was. And it was such a yeah. thin and door. You could, you could hear me was you could hear me saying, I love your nice breasts. <laughs> that's not true. Huh? I respect mm-hmm. you. You were only 19. You called them boobies. Oh, my God. We got to go. We got to get further through this thing. All right. Uh all right, so another thing I like about this, too, that this movie does is McQuaid is genuinely affected by the soldiers and the cops in this movie that get killed. Like, he really does wear this. He's not, like, emotionally invulnerable to this stuff. So he's really affected by this. He's using that to try to get more out of her. Um, a little argument back and forth about whether or not her embarrassment, does it outweigh, like, the morality of these five cops dying ultimately because of the trauma that you passed into this nuclear device. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to know everything about her. And then again, there's like an imp- inappropriate, like I want to know your favorite TV shows, blah, 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 blah. And then I think he, he ends it with, and I want to know how you like it done to you, you know, like real, like he like builds up this favor. And then again, just like brings it back to the sexual thing. But at this point, he knows the name of her father. So he calls into HQ. He tells them to check the whereabouts of Bill Simmons. Of the ringer. And now, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Eat shit, um, Bill. Then again, c- cut to my favorite guy. And it's this this sweet little tech with his little headset on, just typing away at this database. He's doing some some internal Army Pentagon Googling, I guess. <laughs> I fucking I miss computer systems like this, you know, before the real real days of the internet when we just assumed there was computers were these magical things that were somehow connected to each other. Um starts tracking down information on Simmons, her father. Uh no updates on him, something about used to be an engineer and now his pension or whatever is like He's not getting that anymore, so they have to resort to going to a list of known associates. We cut to Eve 8 driving around with her windshield wipers on, which, first watch, I was like, this is kind of weird that she's driving with her windshield wipers throughout the movie. Then did you guys notice, like, in her flashback, 
with the death of her oh, it shot through mother, the, the fucking windshield. Raining. Yeah. Yep. See, this movie is layered. Yeah, this man. is layered. Uh, she's driving around. We get these flashbacks. We see in the abuse of her father on her mother. Um, and she's immediately brought back to reality when we get this yuppie fuck in a black BMW just right on her ass. I have ridden some people's ass before. Never this close, man. This is insane. Mm-hmm. I'll never fucking get there, he yells. Finally gets around to her. supposed to be there. Almost gets hit. Five minutes ago. <laughs> this is your fault now. <laughs> yeah. Um, some close calls. He almost gets blown away by a tractor trailer. Um, chews her ass as he passes her, gets in front of her, starts calling some guy on the phone. Uh, something like, it's more than friendship, it's business. Yeah, he's like, friendship has I, nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's as if you thing. don't already hate this guy. <laughs> They're just throwing every little uh, thing they can to make you hate him even more, to make this uh, appropriate. When she snaps and just starts smashing into the back of his car. Now, she smashes him hard enough that his fucking airbag goes off. Um, ends up knocking him off the road. He slides off. He manages to back up into the street, but this puts him in perfect fucking position for her to just straight T-bone his ass. And what do you know? This starts the nuclear countdown. This trauma is... Now, they don't really, they say that she started it, but did she initiate it or did she get physically damaged so it magically started to 24 hours? Like, why would she say, shit, I'm hurt, now 24 hours is the cutoff? I think they could have dealt with that a little bit better. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like she just got physically damaged in this car accident and that just started it. Because she, like, screamed, right? It wasn't the most clear. Yeah, yeah. What kind of calculus does this android do where she decides that ramming into him with her car is a better option than just driving up to him and pulling out the Uzi and shooting him through the window? Yeah. Mm, Good point. It's true. Because then, as we'll see in a new scene, she has to get a new vehicle. Interestingly, one of the goofs listed on IMDb, which I thought was a, a, you know, like glaring omission, is that the BMW airbag is orange, but no BMW airbags were orange at that time. Careless. Oh, am I colorblind? I thought it was yellow. Jesus. I just knocked I, this movie down a point. Uh, I know. I know. After yeah. market part, he's already been in several <laughs> auto industries. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> all right. She's activated. What do you mean she's activated? And guys, we got ourselves a 24-hour clock. Shit. And this is where we go on our pee break. All right. When we left off, the 24-hour clock on the nuclear device had started. It's on now. Uh, Dr. Simmons, she finally wards McQuaid that uh, Eve 8 will explode with enough force to destroy 20 to 30 blocks. She's designed to be fail-safe, she says. When God created Eve, he did it to shake us up a bit. You've gone and done one better and designed her to blow us the fuck away. Dude's pissed. Great line, though. But he'll be fine in like five minutes. Like, he gets pissed and he's... 
I mean, he balances out. You know what I mean? So I try to tell my wife, like, I'll be fine later. Let me just be mad now. <laughs> All right. Uh, we see uh, Eve 8. She hijacks a Jeep from a guy wearing what I'm going to call my new wardrobe. <laughs> like this hooded sweatshirt <laughs> with a denim vest. I want to bring this back. Look good. It did. Oh, man. Well, this... Timeless. This, it's fucking timeless. This guy's Jeep is really cool, too. It's like the old school, like... It just looks like it's made out of welded metal only. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> not a piece of plastic on it. So, no. Uh, yeah, he he stops for she says something like "I need your Jeep" and he kind of laughs it off. And then they do the great thing of just cutting to her driving away, which is like the best cut best in the whole film. Movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, for a movie that's like edited a little bit loosely, like what a tight cut that was. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, doesn't take long. The HQ, they pass on to McQuaid the info about the Jeep being stolen. And this is also where we find out that they know about the crash that happened, the T-bone earlier. So this Jeep was stolen in the same area as this crash. <laughs> they, I love that they put in here, the victim was severely beaten. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, if I had that shit on, that is like one of like two outfits you wouldn't want to get your ass beat in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you have that look and you get beat up, you got to kill yourself. Don't you think they they should have reported that his dick was bitten off? <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> she strikes again. God damn it. It's just her MO now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. So the way you do it is you cut to Heinz going, uh-huh. Uh huh. Thank you. And then Simmons is like, "What?" And he's like, "She took another dick." <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you see the <laughs> helicopter fly, like so that quick little get him out there. Mm-hmm. Put it in the how to fix it column. Yeah, more dicks needed to be bitten <laughs> off. <laughs> I was gonna save this till later, but. Can you imagine if fucking Verhoeven directed this thing? I feel like this is right over the plate for him. Like what he mm-hmm. could have done with the trauma and then like just any sort of peppered anti-military. Dude, Phil Tippett. Like sentiment Phil in Tippett there. didn't have any time to be working on these fucking Eve 8 models. <laughs> <laughs> he could have probably knocked out a pretty cool stop motion dick. You know, that flopped around a hotel bed. That had claws or something, yeah. Mad God, available now on Shutter. Check it out. All right. Now, at this point, they're both trying. They're basically in a race to get to Simmons' father's house. So at the base, we see the uh, little data tech. He's trying to contact somebody called Victor Montoya. Uh, we recognize that name. That's one of Bill Simmons' buddies. They get an address. Uh, HQ they reports they report to McQuaid that Simmons ha- or they report the address to Simmons. Sorry, but by the time that they get to this area, we see that Eve Eight is already there. She pulls up to this house. Um, this is Eve, the real Eve's father. He's fucking a little shocked to see her. 
asked how you found me. She says Victor Montoya. Uh, so she went there I left before. Left for cigarettes uh, 38 years ago. How the hell did you find me? God damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, McQuaid and his team, they get a brief from the local PD. Um, I feel like these local PD guys are a little pretty legit. They set up a little model and map for him to kind of break things down. Oh. Like he's way better than the previous sheriff who's bitching about murders and dicks and stuff. This guy's like There's a little part where they cut to their blackboard uh and they've got like the streets mapped out on it, but someone has like mm-hmm. super glued a car into a driveway Micro machine <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just imagine there was some guy that was like, "No, I can't visualize it." <laughs> some guy just glues a car onto there. <laughs> You're like Eve Eight took the only map of Northern California, so we're gonna draw this on the chalkboard. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, have you tried to draw a car from a bird's eye view? It just looks like a bunch of squares. <laughs> so somebody'd be like, "What is this? Like, what are these little? Is this rectangle with another square in it?" Birds aren't <laughs> real, man. Come on. Fuck, dude. All right. Um, they talk about how they've spotted. Uh, the red Jeep outside the house. There's this weird thing that's not needed because they talk about the neighbors thought his name was Simpson or something. They just didn't. Need, yeah, they don't need that at all. Um, then we get the cavalry. They come in. It's like a handful of Marines that come in to assist McQuaid. Finally, uh, we see Kurt Fuller. He's at HQ calling CIA asking for some plausible Those deniability. The he was training, right? Mm-hmm. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Those are the guys he was training at the beginning of the film. Yeah, the main guy he tells not to go in is the guy whose nose got busted up, I think. Oh, I thought the guy who got his nose busted up is uh, the actor who plays Lieutenant Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager. Nerd alert. Not to be this fucking guy. Um, I think he's also... In episode 36. Is he the We Ain't Found Shit guy from... What? I just said, in episode 36 of Voyager... Uh, <laughs> Well, I think he, he was a main cast member of Well, the Borg haven't so attacked yet. He could have been in 36. The Borg are in Voyager, but Voyager's where they get seven of nine, who is the Borg that they turn back as Jerry Ryan. Is that the hot, the hot lady? Yeah. With the great breasts? I mean, if that's what that's you what were I looking always, at. I mean, I was watching Star Trek. I always say, you know. All right. Sorry, guys. We got to take this little Star Trek detour for the sake of. (laughs) Let me check here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another. So the the guy who plays the hologram doctor in Star Trek Mm -hmm. Voyager is the lieutenant in Dead Heat. So be on the lookout Mm -hmm. for that, Brantley, when you watch Dead Heat. Which uh, is that? Robert Picardo. Yes, sir. Nice pull. Yeah, if you Thanks. don't if you don't see it, uh, start it over as soon as it ends. <laughs> Watch till you find him. Uh, sorry, I can't get this to clip. Uh, so the guy's name is Tim Russ, I believe. At the beginning, he's like the spec ops guy that they show first, who tells him to go in. This is inconsequential. They might be the same people, but I think they're different guys, actors. Guys, if you're Trekkies, just tell me to shut the fuck up. That's that's all you have to say. Like, tell yeah. you to shut up? Why? Oh, th- are yeah. you telling them to? 
they'll tell you to shut the fuck up. They know the drill. They're just, they just don't want to go down the Star Trek road. They want me to get the fuck back to the story that we're, it's just that weird thing of like, I don't want to be like, um, actually, I don't think that was the guy. Um, all right. So we finally get outside this uh, house. They're planning this raid. Finally, we're going to get to see some McQuaid and some action again. He orders the lieutenant of these Marines to um, not fire on Eve 8. So he's going to go in. If she comes out, you do not engage. You simply just observe and you protect Simmons. McQuaid heads in. Uh, did you guys notice the lieutenant when he like runs back up in front of Dr. Simmons? He kind of like trips and fucking falls into the chain link fence. Like he goes down again in like a kneeling position, but it's like he kind of buckles and he all of his weight goes into that fucking chain link. Then he bounces back up. I felt like a 15 year old, like fucking around with it. All right. I assume they had to use that take because he like fucked up his knee when he first went down on that one. So he couldn't <laughs> repeat it over again. I mean, it's interesting though, but I mean, he really, it, that or he chose to just really fucking slam. Like mm. maybe it's the 10th take, you know, it's a Kubrick type thing and he's just pissed off, you know, and that's the only way the director could get him to show some intensity. No, sorry, you there. know, get mad at sorry, me. Sorry, man got hurt. That's SAG minimum for today. Wrap it up. I'll be gone for the next <laughs> two weeks, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be in my trailer. AC in there, dude. All right, McQuaid heads in. He finds Daddy Simmons on the ground. He's a bit bloody, but he's still alive. Uh, what do you know? He lets his fucking guard down. Eve 8 was in the closet the whole time. Classic. McQuaid tries, to, McQuaid tries to call it in, but she attacks him. She throws his ass across the room. Uh, when he called it in, the radio was fucking bumped on, apparently, because it's laying in the living room. While Eve starts chastising McQuaid, I saw what you did. So she's starting to freak out. She's starting to take her resentment of Daddy Simmons out on McQuaid. Dr. Simmons outside, she starts yelling through the radio because she can hear this. Don't do it. It wasn't him. She runs inside. She tries to talk down Eve. They do do some cool stuff with the audio here where you hear her. And then as she comes into the house, you hear the echo of her on the radio. I thought that I thought sound was design was cool. too good. I was like, this has to be a coincidence and a mistake. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just for that one line. I was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, as Dr. Simmons starts to approach Eve, she sees, uh, oh, she sees Dr. Simmons. At this point, Eve 8 has uh, Daddy Simmons up in like a fucking chokehold, has him kind of by the neck. Um, this back and forth, Eve doesn't know her own strength, ends up just breaking Daddy Simmons' neck. Uh, Eve kind of, or Dr. Simmons kind of jumps to react, but can't get to her in time. Uh, Eve, she jumps out the window. She goes out the window, I think, and then like comes down one story and then ends up shooting three Marines on the way. Your boy fucked up, General. We see Kurt Fuller yelling at the General inside, and then progressively through the movie the general's fucking coat gets open and his hair gets further and further up fuller loses like his suit jacket and everything like they're doing everything they can to like show passage of time and that they're stressed um the whole time gregory hines is just like cool and collected never really breaks a sweat 
until he's like beaten at the, at the end, which I loved. Mm-hmm. All right, we see the bodies being loaded up. McQuaid starts asking Dr. Simmons again, um, you know, what the fuck? This is where she tells the story of how her dad basically threw her mom into traffic one night when he was when he was drunk, too drunk to drive. So back in the nineties, there was a you could still be drunk to a level and still drive, but too drunk to drive good existed. Times, good times. Oh man, Found glory me. days. Thin hotel doors. <clears throat> you could drive drunk. Well, it's a pretty sixteen numbers would get you any amount of Uzi <laughs> ammo. It's a pretty crazy flashback because he's just like. I'm not drunk, I'm happy. And then he just, he, he's like, fuck you, and pushes her into oncoming traffic. It's its so fast. It kind of reminds yes. me of the castle freak uh, whenever the girl goes blind and shit. It's like raining and shit like mm-hmm. that. Well, what I will say is at least these flashbacks seem to be from the point of view of Eve Simmons when she's a kid. The castle freak ones, it's like, it's for the, you see like... You, she sees herself in her flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. I, here's what I don't understand, and maybe I'm just an idiot and I'm, I'm missing something, but in that scene, <clears throat> um, in the previous scene, when Eve 8 is, like, chastising Gregory Hines and saying, like, you did this, I saw you, or whatever she was saying, how, like... Isn't the person who did it lying on the floor like four feet from her? And doesn't she remember that? How is yeah, that mistake I, made? I wonder if we're. S- it's like they were trying to make it like um, she's going off the deep end, but yeah, I don't know how that works with an android. Like yeah. where she's, you know. She's programmed with that yeah, memory. Becoming unhinged. Turn this she movie just, off, dude. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. Where's your daughter? <laughs> this android stuff's getting to me, man. Where's your son at? <laughs> I do. Yeah, this is a total. Where's your fucking kid, dude? Uh, I agree with you. I feel like she could have still been standing over the dad, you know, or holding the dad. Like, if. Actually, that would have been kind of funny if she was holding like, his limp body and shaking him and shit. <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or if she... He's dead already. Or if she took him outside and pushed him into oncoming traffic. <laughs> oh, fucking great. <laughs> I just... I feel terrible that the mother was like, we have no choice. I have to take you with me to go pick up your drunk, deadbeat dad at this bar in the middle of the night in a rainstorm. You just wait in the back of the car. Yeah, maybe I mean maybe they have no one. You else. guys didn't have that in your childhood. I mean, the f- the flash of her <laughs> being in the Friday hallway night, watching yeah, the dead weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Thursdays. Man, this is a dark episode. Dude. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that here's the thing: Would it be darker if you weren't here? I don't know. Like you guys might actually be lifting up the. That's like a weird classiness philosophical here. question that I don't even want to. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you want to keep getting dark. You guys we'll want me to go dark. darker? Okay. No, nah, I think you're at a good. You stay where you're at. <laughs> that was to the other or to our guests. All right. All right this is where. And then, Okay. So here's a weird thing. So the whole time up to this point, Hines has said, I need to know everything about you because she's obviously connected to this. And then Dr. Simmons says, all right, it may sound crazy, but she's going through my life. 
like, yeah, that's what he's been telling you, and you've resisted. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, and this is where she goes, all right, she did the horny thing. She killed a guy in traffic. She killed my father. The only other thing I really care about is my kid. So we got to go nope, to New York. It's spring break. <laughs> Or is that? I'd love to see the right. sequel. She never got to go to spring break. <laughs> she yeah. goes to fucking Florida. <laughs> ah, shit. All right. Uh, all right. So they have 10 hours left at this point. Now, and Heinz says, all right, you have to be sure that she's going to go to New York. Because if we obviously if we get on a plane, we have 10 hours. If we fuck up and go to New York incorrect, you got to be right. A lot of in in. Innocent people are going to die. Uh, we're back at HQ. Kurt Fuller and the general, they're getting chewed at by some guy through a TV screen. Do we know what flight she's on? We're checking, sir. There's lots of permutations. Now, how did she get on a flight? How did she buy a ticket? But she bought a gun and a rented a car earlier. Or rent bought ammo and rented a car. And they tracked her earlier, so... And she brings the gun and I the ammo like on the flight. Oh, you could do that. Yeah, you true. could have the gun. You could use the barrel of your Uzi to light your cigarette on an airplane. Yeah, very true. Show up, you don't bring shampoo. Yeah, you show up five minutes mm-hmm. before takeoff and just walk your gun onto the plane, dude. <laughs> I mean. I'm sure she got help storing it in the overhead bin by like one of the flight attendants. Ma'am, it won't fit. Let me check <laughs> it. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. All right. Uh, I don't know about you guys. This is pretty fucking cool. McQuaid and Dr. Simmons, they get on an SR-71. Severe lack of SR-71s in movies, as far as I'm concerned. I'm con- uh, If you were I'm wondering, cons- an SR-71 once flew coast to coast in 68 minutes. Damn. I looked this up. And how much have the taxpayers paid... For this fucking mission. Because that ain't cheap. How much did they pay for the R&D on it to begin with? This guy is really special. McQuaid is. Okay. And whatever that walkie-talkie is. Hell, we can use in the podcast. Because you can just talk to anybody on that fucking thing. Oh, the range on it does seem to be insane. Amazing. Yeah. Um. It's on the SR-71 that they have another, you know, heart-to-heart, and we see McQuaid just stare down the barrel of his own gun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he does, like, have it. It's like the chamber's open, and he's got it back, and he's just kind of dicking with it. But it did have, like, the guy looking down a water hose sort of feel to it for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how you check them, dude. I mean... (laughs) Well, you're the gun guy yeah. on the show, so you would know. Yeah, yeah. M- make sure okay. your gun's clean by. <laughs> That's how you check the laser sight too. Mm-hmm. Shine it. Like oh yeah, mm-hmm. right in the eye. Yep. Yep. Both eyes, like binoculars, laser in one eye, barrel in the other. From one to the other, over and over, mm-hmm. to <laughs> make sure it's calibrated. You get better aim that way. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of binoculars, we see the largest set of binoculars yeah, they look so cool. uh, they look I've awesome, ever dude. seen. Uh, so it looks like they've already set up su- uh, surveillance 
um, of her ex-husband and Timmy's apartment. So there's multiple units. One guy's up, or there's two or three guys up in a uh, in a unit a few floors up. Um, they watch this woman like get, walking her dog. We see that there's another unit in a car down the street. Um, Did you notice that the so like the home base is Homer? This guy is Homer and Homer Seeker. Seeker yeah. And then there's this other guy unit is like one, two, and Con- three. Yeah, this other guy is Condor. <laughs> And then the rest of the people are unit one, two, and three. And it's like, well, I already know who is expendable on this operation. <laughs> Probably the people that weren't even assigned call signs. Yeah. It is the reservoir dog scene of like, why am I unit one? Like, why can't I just be, you know, give me a nickname, please? Uh, all right. So McQuaid is about 15 minutes out. Uh, Eve eight is able to sneak into an apartment. Uh, she does this by, I assume, I assume killing this lady's dog and taking her coat. So guys, does this count as a dead dog? Cause she, he clearly says she does not come back with, she doesn't have the dog with her. Where's her dog? Right. So I mean, do we assume the worst that she killed the dog? But she I mean, can just let it go. Yeah, I think she, I think she Patrick Bateman to that dog in that I'll alley. Add it to the list. I'll add it to the list. Okay, right. So a woman walked out of the the apartment building with like a black fur coat and walking a dog. Uh, unit one or whatever. He realizes that he sees the same woman walk back into the building, but without the dog. This prompts uh, one of the units to move in, and they realize that she killed the doorman. I think who was unit three. Target is in the building at this point. Eve 8 enters the apartment. Her husband is all confused, but he is horny as hell by this outfit. <laughs> this is an interesting look, he says. Um, she immediately starts freaking out, demands to see Timmy. Timmy runs up to her all excited. You miss me, don't you? She starts shaking the shit out of the kid. <laughs> Takes him all of 15 seconds to realize, I, I don't like mom right now. Um. A little bit of a freak out here. Husband manages to kind of talk her down for just a moment. Says, all right, Timmy, let's go make mom some coffee. Now, while he's in the kitchen making coffee, he gets a call. It's Dr. Simmons. That's not me, she What says. the fuck, dude? This isn't a joke. What? I thought the lady was already in there, bro. There's two of them? Well, this movie doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense, dude. Turn it off. <laughs> Uh, she says, it's not a joke. Look through the window. She's one of my robots, Peter. Get Timmy to the lobby. So a pretty tense scene here of Peter having to kind of sneak out of the kitchen, creep up on Timmy, keep him quiet. Timmy's like, I want my soldier. He's like, shut the fuck up. Like, we got to get out of here. Manages to get outside. Uh, Manages to get into the elevator. But, and... While this, while she was on the phone with him earlier, uh, Simmons, Doctor Simmons, told Peter, uh, "Wait, get into the lobby, and somebody will meet you in the lobby." We cut to McQuaid finally using his laser sight. He's like perched up on this chair, aiming at the elevator, waiting for, I guess, hopefully Eve Eight to be there, or at least Timmy and Peter to clear the fuck out. But when the elevator door opens, all he sees is a knocked out Peter 
and Timmy is gone. That shot is the best shot in the movie, by the way. That slow pushing on him with a laser. Yeah, it's such a that's such a badass shot. It's too good for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though. I love when you watch something you're like, this performance is too good. This dialogue is really like it's it's just good to know that it was either a happy accident or somebody put in effort. Oh, totally. I mean, I love this movie. It was so much fun, but I was like, yeah, like this shot doesn't belong. Mm -hmm. Uh. Chase is on. Evade's outside. She's got Timmy. She starts unloading on multiple cars and cops. McQuaid's diving for cover. We get one car exploding. Dr. Simmons, she comes out from the building that they were in across the street. She starts yelling at Evate. Uh, Evate kind of shoots at her. She's got to dive out of the way. We get a hint at our clock here. We got 15 minutes remaining. Evate runs down into the subway. Have you guys ever been to New York City? I lived there, yeah, for a while. Shit. It scares the shit out of me. The thought of going to New York City or LA just I get sweats. Yeah, yeah. It's um I I can barely do downtown St. Louis. And there's nobody there. I can't imagine all the people and subway and shit of New York. Yeah. It was a different city back in ninety three too. Very different than now. So that's that's like pre Giuliani coming in and beating the shit out of everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so you're like the tail end of the dirty Times Square and all that that they. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were kind of there, like at the same time as this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, me? Yeah, isn't this ninety one? Yeah, yeah, I was um, ninety. Oh, right, ninety one, not ninety three. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. I moved to New Hampshire in like '92, so. Damn. Yep. Maybe I saw them shot the apart- this. I have, I have no idea. So you saw mm-hmm. androids in the subway. I think is is essentially what we're saying. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're getting yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, Nick. Is the the rampant android problem? It's tough. So. Giuliani did a terrible job of cracking down on that. There's still an android problem. <laughs> That poor, fragile man getting slapped. Yeah, I know. What does the world come to? <laughs> We're beating up on America's mayor. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she gets down into the subway. Uh, she pushes through some commuters. One guy does not take kind to this. Drops the B word. She turns around and unloads on this guy and the surrounding people. Unfortunately, uh, Kills some more people and ends up shooting a, a child. Uh, Evate runs further into the tunnel um, towards what I can only assume is Freight Castle's secret lair. Too bad he wasn't there to, to stop her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some of us like that what? movie, Dan. <clears throat> what happened? <laughs> some of us wouldn't lower that movie in a rewind show. I don't, I don't know about I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Uh, she goes further and further. We get a little hint of the uh, you know high voltage electricity. Nobody can hear you. Um, McQuaid continues after her. Uh, Simmons, man, she's got an uncomfortable scene with the mom of the kid that's shot, where the woman's kind of like beg, like get help, get help. For I mean, her hands are kind of tied. Simmons has to end up leaving her. She runs up. I think she's going to like the next stop. She runs back up to the street and over. 
Uh, we get HQ. They're saying that the transit authority is reporting that they cannot stop the trains. They're having some problems with the electrical shit. And I think this is also to kind of help you as the viewer explain the problems that EU8 starts to have here because of how, what do you call it? The interference of the electrical, you know, the train rail. Um, an unhoused person jumps out of the fucking darkness and scares the shit out of Gregory Hines. Um, this gives Eve just enough time to shoot at him. Ends up fucking shooting McQuaid in the stomach. We got five minutes left. Eve runs further. She run, uh, unloads on some cops. Uh, pretty much a clear path down the tracks. Uh, she can feel the train coming as she turns around. And then this is sadly, I think, a shot that doesn't translate well, just because of like the speed reducing that they have to do, I guess, to shoot it slow and then speed it up. So Gregory Hines actually isn't in front of a speeding train. But he is when she turns around. (laughs) It's Hollywood magic, dude. It's bullshit. I mean, Tom Cruise would have stood in front of a moving train. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He would have driven the train and stood in front of it at the same time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He would have directed the scene, (laughs) stunt coordinated. The Rock wouldn't, though. No. The Rock stands in front of green screens now. He would just threaten to remake Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) Some bitch. (laughs) All right. We're so close, guys. We're so close, I promise. terrible. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know. Who could do it? Don't. They shouldn't do it. They, they should not do it. it. I know they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I mean, the obvious, well, not obvious, but the <clears throat> incestuous answer is Wyatt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Get him to come in and take over for his dad. But I don't, I like, I actually like him as an actor, but I don't think he has the charisma that that Kurt does only if they get a carpenter's kid to direct who does all the music with him. Oh, Cody. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, go. yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That I would sign on fun. for that. If they, if that is actually how they pulled it off, I'd give it a some shot. weird legacy. What about, what about Carl Urban? I mean, I know he's got the British accent, but I mean, he can, you know, he's, he's done all kinds of, he can do an American accent. I like Urban. I think that's a better bet than when I'm sure exec- – I mean, he's getting a lot of backlash right now, but I guarantee you Pratt would have been in that conversation. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How many movies does yeah. he need to be in for How many to, movies to feel satisfied in? in his life? <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what fucking wish machine he stood in front of <laughs> as it fucking went haywire. Quickly I, got out of hand. I get so many fucking. Sh- yes. Okay. This high voltage is messing up her uh, her vision. Uh, she turns around. She sees McQuaid. He's limping towards her. Uh, she starts envisioning the past trauma. She's seen flashes of um, her father, the abuse. Uh, we see McQuaid finally take aim. The train's bearing down on him, but sadly, Timmy is now in the line of fire. Dr. Simmons, she finally comes in from the other stop. She starts yelling at Eve 8, please, please throw me, throw me Timmy, throw me Timmy. 
Now, we were talking about perspective. <laughs> so Eve-8 starts to relive the memory of Dr. Simmons playing with Timmy, but yeah. from like eight millimeter, like home video footage. So they hit aside with them in a two shot. Yeah, they had established POV earlier and then lost it for this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, this is all it takes. Eve-8 finally relents. She throws uh, Timmy... I, there's a part of me that wishes like she would have thrown him further. <laughs> like, you know, she's so strong. Like she kind of throws him over Dr. Simmons. Like Simmons has to shit. Dive that for him. That gets added into the tension. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like running and trying to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Timmy goes through a window. Yeah, and in, in, and in that slow-mo of Timmy coming down, that's when McQuaid like takes aim again, you know? Mm-hmm. Did I walk over something, Nick? I'm sorry. No, no, it's just if they had spring it full circle, if that kid had flown through her bank window instead, because she, she kind of just overestimated it. <laughs> and then at the end, when they finally walk up the stairs, we cut back, and there's a bunch of concerned citizens, like, tending to his wounds. Yeah. It's a bummer that they couldn't have, that there couldn't have been a callback to the balls thing. I know, they did, they put a lot of emphasis on that scene to not bring it back around. Like he uh, mm-hmm. just screams it as he's flying through the air. <laughs> I thought there was yeah. going to be a scene where it's like the Eve robot picks him up and like she doesn't know the difference between balls and testicles. <laughs> he's like, this is not my mom. <laughs> Would have worked well. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. that's that's the yeah. test. That's, yeah, that's like, how, yeah, like yeah, okay. he says balls, oh, and she doesn't yeah. get mad at him and correct him. Yeah. What kind of football? The <laughs> beach ball? What kind do you mean? What a way to end that early scene, though. I wrote that line down. Just oh, and remember, they're called testicles. Bye, sweetie. <laughs> just walks off. <laughs> Great, just incredible, incredible dialogue. Mm-hmm. Oh man, if they did the classic, it's me, Timmy. I'm your real mom. No, I'm your real mom. <laughs> and he's got to go, what are these called? And Eve's like, those are testicles, honey. And then, you know, real balls. mom's like, Timmy, you know, those are balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he uh, smokes Eve ate with the Uzi that he stole. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the Uzi or the fucking laser guided sure. cannon. And fucking Timmy goes flying down the subway 15 feet. Uh, all right. So, Eve tossing Timmy out of the way allows McQuaid to fire. He hits her right in the eye just as the train approaches. He dives down in between the rails. Train ends up uh, rolling over Eve. Her arm is totally dismembered. Like, I think it's her left arm that gets cut off. Um, and they, But they don't relent here. She's a, She immediately gets back up uh, and goes after... Uh, Dr. Simmons ends up throwing her back like another 40 yards. We have 30 seconds on the clock. McQuaid ends up sliding his hand cannon over to Simmons. Simmons then unloads like five or six rounds point blank into Eve 8, but nothing happens. Finally, he figures out what to do. He yells, hey, bitch, this fucking pisses Eve 8 off enough to turn and look allowing uh, Dr. Simmons to hop up and I guess just shove the gun barrel further into the previous bullet hole. Um, and this finally shuts off Eve 8. Uh, guess you finally found the fucking off switch, huh, Doc? 
he asks for help because he uh, remember he's gut shot, and they walk off, and they just forget little Timmy down in the subway. <laughs> His part of the story's done, guys. Oh yeah, now it's time to. That was Eve of Destruction. Now, did you guys realize that her name is Eve? And the title has Eve in it. Shit, dude. Shit, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I don't yeah. Fuck. And she is a weapon of mass destruction. Turn it off, dude. This is obviously mm-hmm. a rewatch, dude. I did not get that. Fuck. Yeah, that was another second viewing <laughs> thing for me, but You think they started with that title and worked yes. backwards? I certainly hope so. Yeah. What an incredible job to have. Like, if that exists, like, is there just a room of, like, great titles? And there's guys that work at Universal just like, shit, we have Supermax Supreme, but we don't know what the fuck that movie's about. Like, I don't know if it happens at big studios, but definitely smaller ones, like Full Moon Features. They'll be like, we have this killer friggin' poster and title. It's called Cellar Dweller. I need you to write this story for it. Because that, that's what happened to Don Mancini. <laughs> He said that's how they had him come in. He's like, we have a poster, and it's monster on it, and the title. You got to write us the script, basically. Oh fuck! Yeah, they do that in Ed Wood. They hint the one mm-hmm. guy makes the joke of like the printer, like I already have the slot. The poster's already made. You know, well, we, yep. we mentioned it, but that's exactly how Castle Freak got made. Like they brought in Stuart Gordon, and he showed him the poster, and Stuart Gordon said, "What's it about?" And he said, "It's a castle freak." <laughs> I think it's pretty self-explanatory from the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Charles Band's the most recent kind of, you know, mini studio to do that, though. Because Ed Wood, obviously, that was like, you know, back in the 50s and mm-hmm. stuff when they're pumping out B-pictures. And it's right before the consolidation of the entire industry started to happen where everything just got swallowed up, you know, right. by the bigger companies. That Whenever I watch that movie, the thing that blows my mind is that he's able to just like kind of walk on lots and take meetings with people. And like it's they make it seem like it was easier to have made a movie back then. Mm-hmm. At least with some studio support. I mean, from a technical perspective, yeah, anybody can shoot a movie on their iPhone now. But back then, it was like if you just had some fat, schlubby dude who would, could could give you fifty k and a crew, like you could kind of make a movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you guys got any other research, Nick, Dan? Anything you want to tap into before we rate? Um, gentlemen, I threw up a. You threw up. Yeah, I threw up. <laughs> it's recording. I told you to mop that shit it's, up, too. It's my own house. Um, CJ Sky, he did a rap song about this movie for the theatrical opening, uh, but that never happened based off of bad reviews uh, from <clears throat> whenever they screened it. So they, they went direct to video instead of a, a theatrical opening. Uh. And uh, to ruin it all for you, right now, I mentioned at the top of the episode that, um, shit, I'm going blank on our main character's name here. No. Eve? What's his real name? Simmons? Eve? 
Hines. Okay. Yes. Oh, uh, Gregory Hines. Yeah. Hines wasn't their first choice. It was. Uh, anybody want to take some guesses? Ninety-one. Morgan Freeman. No. Martin Lawrence. Mm. Nah. Maybe they went meta and they wanted Arnold for the. Nick, do you know this? Role. No, I have no idea. No. Jim Belushi. <laughs> oh, I did see that because the tie in the opening scene was apparently given to them by Jim Belushi. Yep. Is that the story? Okay, yeah. Because he had scheduling issues and I guess he couldn't right. couldn't do it. So he said, sorry, here's a tie. <laughs> do something with this. Here's a tie I was going to wear. And that's really all have I got. someone in this movie big, who's... Big pot farmer now, right? Like libertarian pot farmer. Doesn't he have a TV show or some shit? He did, according to but, Jim. Yeah. And then all I had was the, uh, the very sad story of uh, director Duncan Gib- Gibbons there. So, ah, God damn. Yeah. Rest in peace, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, fucking hero. All right. Fucking hero. Yeah. That. That's wild. Yeah, you only made Any two Any other movies. sort of broad thoughts before we rate my letterbox? Because I kind of want to get through this so we can chit-chat our thoughts about this. Brantley? I mean... I do. I don't know. Maybe I should. Uh, I don't know if I should save them for the the letterbox. Do we, yeah, Nick and just, I actually get to give a score? I don't. I don't want to throw off like your oh, your series. Oh no, or no you're playing. Since we do an average. Okay. Since we do an average, right. we're in it. All right. I'll I'll hold off then till uh, till till then. Okay. I'm ready. If you guys are ready, yeah. Well, ladies okay. and gentlemen, the uh, international favorite. Rate my letterbox. Rate my box. Dan, I'm going to have you go first, buddy. I got a long list here, guys. Eve of Destruction from 1991, directed by Duncan Gibbons. Rest in peace. Uh, The letterboxed user rating at the time of our review, gentlemen, is a 2.5. Keep that in mind. All right. I'm going to start off with Bones here, and I'm going to give Bones a 3.5. Cron Howard, I am giving you a 2.5. Brantley, I am going... I'm going to go... Th- I'm going to go 3. Nick, I'm going to go a 3 as well. All right, guys, I'm going to make this quick. Uh, I'm going Dan, a 2.5. Bones, 3.5. Brantley, 3. Nick, 2.5. Brantley or Nick? Uh, I'll go. Um, I'm going to say... Cron and Dan both are 2.5s. Bones, I'm going to say you are a 3. And Nick, I'm going to say you're also a 3. It's pretty close to what I think I would have. Um, I got 3.5 for Bones, 2.5 for Cron and Dan, and 3 for Brantley. Sorry, what'd you have for Brantley? Uh, 3. Three. All right, Dan. 
I'm going to give you a 2.5. Cron, 2.5. Brantley, 3.5. Nick, 3.5. Now, I hope someone else has written these all down because I, I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, gentlemen. Eve of Destruction. I'd never heard of it. And um, 90s computers are the best computers, I think. Um, the soundtrack here amazed me from the start of this. Uh, we got some really heart-to-heart conversations whenever, after every bad thing happened in this movie. Um, they really wanted to press that. Um, McQuaid, I feel like could have done a little more, could have got a little more action out of the guy. Um, I think the Uzi shootouts saved it. So I'm, I'm right with the letterboxed uh, user review here. I'm a 2.5. So, I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. So yeah, I think that's right on the money. You guys are good. Uh, I'll echo a little bit of what Dan said. I do think the Uzi shootouts, I mean, anytime you got someone just popping off with an Uzi, that's entertainment. I mean, it's hard to beat it. Um, I don't know. Overall, I kind of like this movie. Like there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. There's enough to keep me entertained. Um, I watched this pretty much twice and did not find it boring the second time through. Um, I don't know. There's just enough, like, a guy gets his dick bitten off. There's uh, a Hot Wheels machine glued onto a blackboard. Like, there's there are just enough touches throughout this movie that it keeps me entertained. And then the story as well. It's like, you get to that 45-minute mark, you think, oh, maybe the movie's going to take a dip. And they're like, oh, wait, this lady is nuclear, and there's a countdown clock. Uh, she doesn't ever blow, which is a little disappointing. Like she never explodes. Um, I would have loved to see that as like the conclusion, but you know, it, it, it was, it was not going to happen. How, however much I wanted it. Um, I think the average rating is too low. This is a 3.0 all day long. Wow. Uh, Gentlemen, when you invited Nick and I to come onto this podcast, I was like, okay, great. We'll get to watch some fun, schlocky, you know, action movies or, you know, horror movies, whatever it is. I did not expect to be invited onto a film that is a philosophical film about uh, what it is to be human or an exploration of uh, misogyny and the trauma that women are forced to experience. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, there's a ton of like birthing imagery all throughout this. I mean, like she, when she goes out on her first test, she's literally shooting out a tunnel on the train, like as if she's coming through a birth canal, uh, being born for the first time into the world, uh, coming up, uh, and the escalator out of the subway station again, same type of imagery. And then of course the finale again in a subway tunnel, another birth uh, canal metaphor, I guess, so to speak. This time, as she's trying to become a mother, uh, this th- film had a lot more going for it than I was expecting. And uh, did it all land? Did it all hit the mark? No. 
But were they really trying and really trying to explore a couple of uh, deeper themes than you expect to see in these films? Yeah, they were. Uh, I was a little torn between this, between a 3 and 3.5, but I think I definitely settle on a 3.5. There's there's a lot to like in this film, and, and that's where I land. Uh, oh, am I, uh, am I up? I, uh... I really enjoyed this. I think um, <clears throat> when in blind had no preconceptions whatsoever. Um, didn't know what it was about. And um, yeah, well, I mean, what can I say? There's for a movie that on paper should be horrible. It doesn't do anything wrong. Like everything it does is actually done, you know, competently. And uh, yeah, like anytime the movie started to like maybe kind of, falter like something happened that was done really well and executed with like you know like competent filmmaking good performances all around the soundtrack kicks ass um and like the last you know the climax is is actually genuinely pretty well put together to be honest um so yeah i uh i really liked it um there's some good uh some nice little use of doubles apart from like you know the main character, the lead, uh, playing two characters right there. Um, I liked that the uh, both main characters are introduced through weirdly elaborate setup, like ruses. There's like the the lab scene, and then there's this incredibly elaborate uh, shootout. Um, and we introduce our characters that way, which is great. Um, two really heavy conversations that happen on aircrafts. Uh, I don't know. I just, you know what? It was super fun from start to finish, and I try as I might watching it twice. I couldn't really find anything to fault with it, except for that, you know, like on paper, the story is it's just ludicrous, but it's just so much fun and executed with just enough flair to make it worthwhile. I had fun both times, so I gave it a three. kind of agree with everything that you guys have said. I'm going to open up my beer. I was waiting for you guys to make sure you got through all your, they don't want to be rude and interrupt. Um, I really had no idea that there was anything deeper to this movie other than robot goes bad, send in guy to kill robot. So as you watch this and you start to, and this is sometimes the best way to take this stuff in. You know, I learned the most when I'm just like watching the Discovery Channel and I would watch an hour thing on sharks. And now I'm a shark expert. But when I was a kid and I had to learn about sharks, I could give two shits, you know, like from a textbook. So this the way that this sort of brings you in with robot gone bad and really does ask some hard hitting questions about what it means to be human. Like you said, Brantley, Um Actions have consequences in this. When somebody dies in this, they address it. He says into a radio, like, we've lost five guys. These these bodies mean something. Um, to question whether or not you should play God or can play God. Um, the trauma that, inf- that we put or that we pass on to people, you know, or we pass on to the people that we create, you know, be it our kids or our robots is fucking crazy. 
I, I really do think that, you know, one more sort of McQuaid action scene, drop him in and have him do something just to kind of keep you on your toes. But I think they fill it with enough, like the Eve 8 stuff is enough to kind of keep you kind of glued in there. Um, I will tell you guys, I watched this first watch with my wife. About halfway through it, she looked at me and said, I fucking love this movie. This is one of the best movies you guys have done. Put this top three with Amsterdam and Cliffhanger. Uh, I'm a 3.5, man. Uh, on second watch, I, it was still strong. I had trouble taking notes because I just gave up and watched the movie. I was like, ah, shit. So anytime my notes sort of veered off, that was me kind of, shit, I got to get back into this because <laughs> it's good. I re- really enjoy this movie. I hope people watch this movie. It's a bummer that it's kind of missed. So, Kron will throw in our averages here. This is going to be an interesting game. Yep. Uh, let's see. Accountants crunching the numbers. All right, guys. Uh, Eve of Destruction would have an average rating from the five of us. Of 3.10. This would land at number 28 on the big list. It is right below Masterminds and right above Strangeland. Hey, they're both my picks. I think this is better than Mastermind or Masterminds. I think this is... I, I could see this higher up the list. Substantially. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this movie was, like, honestly a ton of fun and, you know, a little, <laughs> I don't know, actually had something to say in a way. And I don't know. It was just all kind of story moved along. There there are no real glaring faults with the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Fellas, this is uh, interesting. Uh, so we, the, this be a good way to explain to the audience. So the rate my letterbox, the way that we keep track of this is if you get the other person's point dead on or their score dead on, that gives you a point. If you get within 0.5 either way, that's a half a point. Um, this is a five-way tie, guys. We each got <laughs> three points. So... <laughs> There was not a single like whiff from any either or any of us, and we all got exactly two correct and two just off by a half a point. So, wow, hell yeah! Let that be a a good uh, example of you know not showing our hands totally as we went through it, but having fun with it. So, well. <sighs> What I, I want to kind of ask you guys if we've got a little bit more time. I don't want to keep you too long. The editing about this, like we hinted at this, and you guys actually knowing what you're talking about, like, you know, we're just three Midwest schmucks. But uh, is there it is there anything about this that like you noticed of the '90s that we don't do anymore? That was like a big thing in this because to me it really felt '70s at time with, with like a lot of the spacing. It didn't feel '90s until like some music cues or you know, close, but 
from from that point of view, can you guys go into that deeper? I'm going to let Nick take okay. all this. He's the professional editor, so I'm going to let him talk about that. I got to say, like, I didn't... The first time I watched it, I didn't pick up on anything that bothered me. Um, and I think I probably wouldn't have the second time either if I hadn't read those reviews in between that mentioned the editing. Um, since you asked, I mean, I think if I'm, like, comparing it to other movies of that era, um, 70s, 80s, even 90s, I, there are parts that... And I think to your, you you mentioned it too, like watching people like walk all the way to the chopper and open doors and close doors. There's a lot of that, but there's also some of that in the action scenes. Like in the end, that long drawn out thing of them running through New York City just to get to the subway. I mean, there's a lot of shots of them like waiting on the corner and then crossing the street. And like that would never happen now. You would never see that. But um, it works with that music. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's not, it's not, I'm not faulting it for that, but that's definitely a different style that you wouldn't see, um, anymore, but no, none of it bothered me. What I read was that people were bothered by like the spacing and how long shots held and stuff. But I, none of that threw me off. Like if that had bothered me, I would have given the movie a much lower score, but for whatever reason it works. Mm -hmm. Okay. We talked about it being very like De Palma esque at times, especially at the beginning. And De Palma is an acolyte of Hitchcock, of course. And it felt like there was a lot of attempts to build uh, tension. Uh, you know, it wasn't just like a boom explosion kind of action film, but a bit more like tension developing and stuff. And I wonder if maybe that the editing style kind of fed into that a little bit. So it was, you know, a little longer shots, a little you know, bigger setups and things like that in order to build tension. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Am I just off base no, here? I mean, I, that makes sense. And like, yeah, overall also it's like, well, I think it's an hour and 40 minutes. So I don't think it overstays its welcome. I think mm-hmm. there's no really extraneous scenes. I think the scene where she's chasing the guy in the car is not necessary. <laughs> like they could have kind of glossed over that. That's the one thing that comes to mind, but um. Yeah, no, I. It's like an hour and forty minutes is a pretty sleek movie, to be honest. And so I think it's it's all mm-hmm. executed pretty well. Yeah, especially by big tentpole standards now. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, Batman's three hours, yeah. Dune's two forty something. To me, also, mm-hmm. there's like this the this balance where I wonder if they thought, okay, the action scenes can't move too quick because then when we are in these heady conversations, that's going to seem arduous. Like, we have to have the tone throughout this thing, like, it's going to be sort of consistent. So you're okay kind of being in that back room and having this moral dilemma sort of discussion and then peppering in these little hints of action. Whereas if it was – the action was just cut super quick, it would only last a third of the time and you wouldn't even think it was an action movie. Right. So I wonder what thought process went into that initially or – you know, because the other thing I was going to ask you is, do you think you could cut this to 120? I mean, you, cer- you certainly could, but I don't know if you could have the the questions that it asks. It, hmm. yeah, I think it, I mean it could definitely be a 120 film for sure. I have no doubt in my mind that you could get it to 120. But like the fact that I don't think I mean, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I didn't think it dragged at any point, and I think that's my basis for like how how long does a movie have to be? I never once like found myself looking at the clock wondering like so 
that's the right length in my mind. I mean, right. somebody could have easily turned this movie in at 215 and they could have cut it down to 140 and they were like, hey, that's the movie. Like, we're not going to right. theaters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, we're going mm-hmm. straight to video. That's it. So. Totally. Yeah. And I wonder if this movie got a bad, like, rap because it came out, you know, in between both Terminator movies and, like, right around RoboCop and, like, I probably just bad luck and bad timing. Like, yeah, I don't see why this movie couldn't have had a theatrical release had it come yeah. out at a different time. Yeah, it's it's definitely better than like a lot of straight to video stuff, you know, especially of the of the time. So, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah it's way better made than most straight to video stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, this has been a blast. Oh yeah, this was great. This has been so fun. Yeah. Um, I hope to do it again. Next we'll see. Week. We'll see if you call in next week. <laughs> Uh, it is our standard practice here to do, uh, to take a shower ultimately here at the store. Cause we're dirty and grimy. A guy got his dick bit off. I feel a little gross. Up. When we come back from the shower on the other side of this, we will reveal next week's pick. All right. I got head nods from everybody. All right, cool. Yep. <laughs> So let's uh, let's. This was our first of uh, software upgrades. Eva Destruction, nineteen ninety one, uh, for Cron, Laundry Dan, and the Horror Draft Boys, Brentley and Nick. I've been Bones. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. I just needed to put my hand on my thing. You know what I mean? Just like it's like a reminder that I still got mine and I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, and I also think that we as men need to just have a little internal conversation and then an out, outside conversation and then just shut the hell up. It's probably the best thing we can do right now. But sadly, Dan can't shut up right now because Dan needs to reveal the second movie in our category of software upgrade. Dan, take it away. Bones, thank you for um, Eve of Destruction from 1991. Um, great times. Great start here to this category. I am <clears throat> taking over the throne here for our next week's episode. Uh, thank you to uh, the Horror Draft guys, Brantley and Nick, for joining us. I hope you will come in next week for uh, the present that I have for you. Um Gentlemen, I'm going to get down to it. There were two films that I was deciding on. One was Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Because that has a giant robot spider, correct? It sure I does. think so. But I didn't, but I didn't mm-hmm. do that to you, okay? It's a very long movie. So um, Just listen to the song a bunch before whatever the pick is, so. I think he literally tells you the plot mm-hmm. of the movie in the song. It's true. You just have to listen to that. So, so anyway, 
we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but gentlemen, our next movie is a sequel that was directed in 1990. So we're staying in the 90s. Uh, it is a sequel to a movie that was made in 1981, directed by Mr. Mark L. Lester. And that movie was called Class of 1984. But we're going to be watching Class of 1999. So this has... It is a sequel. Has anybody seen uh, Class of 1984? Hit. No, hell yeah, Stacey brother. Stacey Keach and uh, Malcolm, uh, Pam Greer, Pam Greer, Malcolm McDowell. Hmm. What's not to love? So, you do not have to watch the class of 1984. I have currently already done that for you. So, if you would like, it's on Tubi, all available on Tubi. Both isn't movies. this the one that I kept telling you guys to watch because it was so much like uh, Savage Streets? Class of 84? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 1984. It's got a little Michael J. Fox. Yes, Yes, it does. Michael J. Fox is in there. That's 84. But we're doing 99, guys. 99. Okay. Three robot teachers go into a crazy-ass high school. Pam Greer is one of them. So, and you're in for a treat. Like I said, available on Tubi. So, uh, that's what it is. I mean... Get to it, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I think this autoplayed one night when I passed out and I woke up and was freaked the fuck out. <laughs> like, what am I watching? It's pretty so crazy. This is I'm I'm stoked. Right. I'm excited. Punk rock. Yeah. I'm down for any yeah. Pam Greer. So oh, hell yeah. But yeah, guys, that's it. Pretty easy. Like I said, I know it's uh midnight over where you guys are, so let's get the fuck out of here. All right. All right. Yeah, Thanks thank you so much, guys. Like, guys. Really a blast. Next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, there's two more, so let's just wait and see how you feel at the end of uh, of all three. I'm looking forward to one yes. at a time. We'll see how okay. I feel after okay. next week. That's the right approach. Yeah. That's the right approach. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Take care, guys. Crash and burn. Should I crack open the backup beer I have right now, or is that... I think that's fine to do during the pod, or do you prefer beforehand? Yeah. During? Okay. Yeah, just do it during. You can do it during the pod. Okay. Hold it right up. I feel like I've heard heard plenty crack during the pod, so I figured it was okay, but I want to check. Hold it right up to the mic when you do it, like Dan does. (laughs) I don't...